Good morning, East Lansing. Green and White Report live here on a Sunday morning. Trent Valley here. No Ryan Collins this week. Had something come up very last minute, but I assure you he's all right. He's hanging in there. Uh, I'm ready to roll with our guy, Henry Hank Menegos, behind the glass here. Hank, hey, how, hey, how, hey. How, how we doing, Hank? Yo, we're, we're, we're doing it, man. We got some feedback going on. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great show today. I'll be running around. This is going to be a show full of audibles. We're pulling out all the stops, all the tricks. Got to dig deep. I got a deep bag of tricks. I think I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, yeah, happy Sunday, everyone. Great to have you in. Uh, we, I, I guess you know our well wishes go out to Ryan Collins. I know he's doing absolutely fine. But we gotta we gotta make sure we shout out the boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it sounds like uh, Collins is in some tough shape today, but uh. Yeah, but he's all right. He's hanging in there. We got to roll with the punches sometimes. Roll with the punches. That's what we're going to do. One step, one punch, one round at a time. <laughs> so, so Hank, we'll start with our traditional what made you mad segment. What made you mad this week, Hank? Uh, I don't know where to start. Um, there's many, many things. Many things? Yeah. That's I could, tough, I could go dude. anywhere with this you're right throwing now. throwing yourself under the bus on live radio. Right. Uh, well, let's let's go with this. This is a pretty, a pretty big one. Uh, so... Obviously, when it gets to be this time of the year, you start making your plans for where you're going to be living next year. Oh, yeah. That's right. a stressful thing, by the way. If, you don't, if, right, you're not, if you're not a college student and you're listening to this and you, and you think you know, you're rolling your eyes at that sentiment, it is very tough, very stressful. you got to find roommates. you got to find a place where you want to live. You know, because there's plenty of places to live, but you got to find a place you actually want to live, and, and, and it's gotta, all expensive. Right. You, and you got to do it like 11 months in advance. Right. Which is crazy. Exactly. Ludicrous. Like, we have to sign now for next year. Right. So, anyways, we got the boys. We got the crew we want to live with. We got, you know, we got that rolling, right? And then we make the decision that we want to we live at the bougie places like uh, the Abbott or something like that, you know? Right, yeah. So, and you know how that works. It's just they're running you around, and um, you got to pay $250 just to apply. Is that true? Well, in our case, it was true. Maybe, maybe we got hosed. I don't know. No, I, I, I believe it. This place yeah. is insane. Real estate, the, the, the high-rises are just, they're, they're coming in like crazy. They're popping up everywhere in Grand right. River. And, and I haven't even gotten to the bad part yet. Okay, so, so what's the bad part? So you got $250 to apply. That's not even the bad part? That's, that's, not, that's the good part. Okay. All right, talk to me. And then, and then you find out, oh, we've been booked for months. What do you mean you've been booked for months? That's, they, they've been full for months. So you had to pay the $250... And you didn't even, it wasn't even possible for you to live there? You got it, bro. That does not seem legal. That, you does, should look that into doesn't that. seem legal, does it? You should look into that. Yeah. So, I don't know. And it's just one of those things, you know, you know what their whole, their whole scheme is. They're going after college kids. And we, we being the dumb college kids obliged. Yeah. And, you know. Well, that's true. I mean, hand up. We're all kind of stupid. Yeah. It's so, all right, though. I, I think it worked out better because, like I said, uh, now we're going to be neighbors next year. You know, we've, uh, we've illustrated this pack. So, we'll, uh. I guess I guess in the end it's going to be a good thing, but cost two hundred fifty bucks for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that I would be mad too, Hank. Shout out to you for for carrying yourself with such light as you do every single day. Yeah. By well, the way, Hank, I got I got to give some context real quick. Hank right now is decked out in his Vikings gear, Minnesota Vikings. That is purple, purple and gold. Do they call it that, or is that just a Los Angeles Lakers thing? I I think that might be more of a Lakers thing, yeah. Purple and yellow. Hank's got his purple and yellow on. Sure. Trent Bally here, of course. I'm just decked out in the Lions gear. I got the Marvin Jones jersey on because the Lions and the Vikings are playing each other. Stay tuned because Hank and I might have a little friendly bet later. Low stakes, but it'll be fun. Oh, absolutely. Actually, not that low of stakes. Stay tuned for that. We'll, 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 we've got a couple things in the works, but I think we got something going. But what made what made me mad this week 
you know, a, a decent segue there talking about the Lions, was Matthew Stafford going on the COVID reserve list for, for exposure. Now, I understand you got to be safe. you got to err on the safe side, and you got to put him on there if he was exposed to someone with COVID-19. As we are now in week nine of the NFL season, I believe, I mean, the NFL has this down pat. They know what they're doing. It's just frustrating that they're releasing this information to the public. You know, shout out to shout out to Matthew Stafford's wife, Kelly. If you don't follow her on Instagram, maybe you, you know, if you feel so inclined to go do that, go for it. But, you know, she was outraged as well because this is the second time this season where the media and the NFL and whoever it is, the Lions training staff, has released the information that Stafford has gone on IR or COVID reserve, whatever it's called this season, without even having tested positive yet. So that's kind of a that's an issue, and that just that upsets me because it, 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 I don't think there's much transparency there. I don't know. What do you think? Well, the part that got – was he able to practice all week? No. He did virtual walkthroughs <sighs> from what I read. That's tough. Yeah. And I don't know if you're one of these Lions fans that's going to, like – Give me a bunch of crap now when the Vikings win. Like, oh, oh Stafford didn't get to practice. When the Vikings, if the Vikings well, win, uh, let's I'll, slow down. Let's slow down. Yeah. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun show. It's gonna keep coming back, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's that might be the other theme of this show. We we got a couple of themes in mind for this show, but that, we do. Yeah, it's gonna be it's the T Ball and uh, Hank show. This is gonna be interesting, you know. Yeah, do you have another nickname? You know, because I just call you Hank. Obviously, I, your name you, is Henry. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Uh, ever since I came to Impact, I've been Hank. So okay, yeah, that's pretty All much right. it. that's what T- I roll with T Ball and Hank. Yeah, welcome in. But yeah, I I guess that wraps up our what made you mad. Maybe we'll touch on some more Stafford stuff later when we get to the Lions. But uh, elephant in the room here, Michigan State football, uh, quite a doozy yesterday to say the least. The Spartans lose to the Iowa Hawkeyes, forty nine seven. Quite a letdown after the impressive to say the least win over the Michigan Wolverines last Saturday. Uh, Spartans couldn't get anything going all day. Uh, Hank and I, I'm not really sure if we have a whole lot of analysis for you in terms of breaking the game down, but this was more of a reality check for the Spartans. Well, and like you said, we might not have a lot of analysis because, like, what do you, what do you analyze here? Again, it was the turnover fest. Like, I don't know what the exact stat was. Maybe I should look it up, but, uh, at least three picks, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was three interceptions. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw the numbers out real quick. Rocky Lombardi, 17 for 37, passing attempts for 227 yards. No touchdowns, three interceptions. Jordan Simmons led your team with nine carries and 34 rushing yards. That's awful. Couldn't get anything going on the ground all day for the Spartans. Jalen Naylor led the team in receiving four catches for 119 yards. Pretty nice day there. But still, I mean, it doesn't change the fact the Spartans were able to get nothing going on offense. Ricky White, after a virtuoso, no one saw it coming, you know, last – Last week against Michigan uh, with a magnificent game, only one catch for 22 yards this week. So I guess, Hank, my question for you is, you're now three games in, and obviously you've won the most important one, quote-unquote. And this is a crazy COVID-filled season where, you know, the, the, the college football outlook is a little different. But you've still, you know, you've lost pretty bad to Rutgers, and you've lost even worse to Iowa. And those are two teams that I don't really look at as upper echelon in this conference. Granted, it is a pretty talented, top-heavy conference here in the Big Ten, but what we're starting to see now is, you know, the Spartans just might not be that good this year, and I know that's not what everyone wants to hear, but, I mean, at this point, I'd have to get the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the Rutgers game, what was that, a 16-point loss? You know, I, I should I'm, – I'm failing on my producer duties right now. No, that's all but, right. Uh, I, I think you got a 16-point loss to Rutgers. You've got a 42-point loss to Iowa and only a three-point win against Michigan. Obviously, the Michigan game, a win is a win is a win, as they all are, but that one's the most important. My point is you've got three very close games here, so now you have to wonder. I mean, are you concerned about Mel Tucker? 
Well, I've said this since since the the beginning of the even even before the season. I'm a, my biggest concern with Mel Tucker was what I call he's a bit of a hand clapper. Yeah. You know? Is he is he a cheerleader on the sidelines? You know, it, there's there's something to be said for that because in practice that can be a good thing. You know, if you right. if you get the guys going, if you're a motivator, if you, if you get the best out of them in practice, but you got to be able to make in game adjustments and you got to be able to you know to to lead a team to victory in the heat of the moment kind of thing. So. That to me was my biggest concern coming in, and I guess it kind of remains my biggest concern. Although I will say that he absolutely outcoached uh, Jim Harbaugh last week, so there's that. But you're reaching the point in Harbaugh's career, though, where you're not quite sure if that's that impressive of a feat. Exactly. Is that fair? I don't know. I... Well, and that's that could be said about anything in the Big Ten at this point. You're, Very true. You're trying to measure things. And the scale is just all over the place. I mean, you got Michigan blowing out Minnesota the first week. MSU losing to Rutgers. No one knows what's going on. What's Ohio State's good. That's what's going on. You right, know? and it's it's perfect for this year. That is 2020. This this chaotic, wild year that is 2020. And I can't emphasize that enough. And I know everyone's heard that all year. So they want me to just shut up about it. So I will. But I'll I'll say this, Mel Tucker. I mean, I came. I'm on the record saying before the season even began, regardless of what happens, if he if he you know, wins out here and the Spartans go 6-2, and two, or if he loses out here and the Spartans go 1-7, and seven, I'm not quite sure if my assessment would be very different. Obviously, you know, the Spartan fan within me would definitely be pleased a lot more if the Spartans were to go 6-2. and two. But here's the thing I think that a lot of people are failing to realize. You have to take everything into context here. Mel Tucker was given a very short notice, you know, for the season that he was going to be the coach for Michigan State, obviously with Mark D'Antonio and the way that regime ended. A little bit of a sour note there, kind of led the Spart- left the Spartans high and dry. But we love Mark. You know, we're not, we're not going to slander Mark here. We're just saying that, w- that was something that definitely played against Mel Tucker. So he's already fighting an uphill battle. Then you've got little to none of your guys in consistently, you know, getting snaps yet. And then, you know, on top of all that, it's COVID. You know, there's there's uncertainty everywhere. If if your quarterback gets the coronavirus, he's missing half the season. And and I I know that hasn't really affected the Spartans specifically a whole lot yet, but it just doesn't change the fact that the tornado of uncertainty is there. And for a first-year coach in the Big 10, you know, you know, picking up a bad team from the last 2 years, I think you just have to take a step back regardless of what Mel Tucker does the rest of the year and you just have to take your moral victories, and I know, I know I'm going to get bashed for saying this because no one ever wants to take a moral victory in sports, but you have to take baby steps. you got to start to build the foundation, and I, I, I really don't think you can be – the expectations, I guess what I'm trying to say, should be little to none from here on out, and I said that before the season even began, so it's not revisionist history. That, that, I guess that's my thoughts. I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and rip Mel Tucker and call for the guy's job after three games because, quite frankly, I just don't think he's working with a whole lot, put it that way. Well, I like what you said there because it is at, at this point in this team, you're trying to build a new, you know, a new identity as a team, a Mel Tucker regime, whatever. Um, so you're right. I mean, you're almost gauging everything on moral victories at this point, which is horrible as a friend, as a fan base. Um, but then anything, any rivalry when you get on top of that is just a cherry on top, really. I mean, so it's it's kind of bad medicine that we have to take. Um, it's gonna be painful maybe for a year, maybe two, you know. But uh, given the circumstances, I think that's where we're at. You know, you just got to take every little every little inch you can get on the road to where you're trying to be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we'll, from there we'll shrink from the macro sense back down to just talking about the Iowa game for a second here. 
a lot of holes. Uh, the Spartans just didn't look inspired. And that, to me, Hank, is where it gets a little upsetting because you're right. Mel Tucker, a very noted players coach. The, you know, the players love this guy. And it just kind of looked like the players were uninspired the other day. Rocky Lombardi in his homecoming game, so to speak, is from Iowa, uh, played awful. And, you know, he's – I wouldn't say he played awful against Rutgers. You know, that that's neither here nor there, though. That's two weeks ago. My, and he was exceptional last week against Michigan. I know the stats don't come through very efficiently, but if you really watch the game, uh, there were a few big throws that he made, and, and, you know, they were key to extending Spartan drives whatnot. You saw nothing of that yesterday against the Hawkeyes. So my question to you – is you know, and I'll respond when you after we get your thoughts. Do you think Rocky Lombardi is the quarterback going forward this season? I tell you what, when you watched him in that Michigan game, he looked good. Yeah, yeah, he, I think he so looked too. good. And that's what I'm saying. If you didn't watch the game and you just looked at the box score, I think he threw close to like 55 percent of his passes or uh, completed. That's not great. We all know that. But if you watch the game, he was very instrumental. I mean, he was the best player on the field on the offensive side of the ball. You could argue. And he made some big throws. I mean, there there was a big, you know, the big touchdown in the I think it was second quarter or whatever. But my point is, if if you watch that game, you think, okay, this guy looks like he could be a guy going forward. You know, he could be could be a a, a leader on the team. Uh, and I thought even watching Rutgers, obviously it was seven turnovers or whatever, and probably three or four of them were probably from Rocky. But watching the game, I wasn't like disgusted with the way he was playing. You know, I mean, he was. Making good decisions for the most part, made a couple of good throws. It was just the whole, everything was going against him in that game. You know, I mean, that the offensive line or or the defensive pass rush, I'm not sure which one it was, was causing a lot of problems. But the difference here, watching Iowa, is there was really nothing that I could attribute his errors to, except his own decision making in his own arm. Yeah, I mean, those interceptions were pretty bad. They That's- were. They weren't good. They. <laughs> <laughs> they were not good. Not great. Not great to say the least. But that, I mean, I guess that's where I, that's where this question is asked. You take a look in the mirror here. You're, you're Mel Tucker. You've got Rocky Lombardi, who you never quite know what you're going to get. What's the what's the Forrest Gump quote about box of chocolates? I know that's corny as hell. Yeah, but, that's it. I mean, that's kind of what we're working with here with Rocky Lombardi. And then you you got Peyton Thorne and um, what's the other guy's name? I'm so sorry. Theo Day. Theo Day. Right. So you want to see if well, you can get one of these guys some reps. At some point, at least I, I do as a member of, you know, the uh, I guess, quote unquote, Spartan Nation and, you know, the media here is I'm just kind of looking at this season already. And, and I guess this rolls us into our next question. What what do you think the ceiling now is for wins? I mean, because coming into the year, I, I pegged the Spartans at five and three. That was maybe a little naive of me. Uh, and after the loss to Rutgers, we all had to walk back our predictions a bit. You know, then after the win against Michigan, this is just the this is the roller coaster that football puts you through because every game means so much and every game is so chaotic in its own right. So you now have to look at the rest of the season now after a brutal loss to Iowa, and you got to think, how many games can this team actually win? You never know what you're going to get from them. Are they going to lose by 42, or are they going to come out and play inspired and, and win by a field goal at Michigan? So I, at this point, I still think four wins is attainable. I'm not going to look at the schedule and tell you where because I simply don't think it matters with this Spartan team. You could see this team give Penn State a game, but you could also see them get rolled by Northwestern. You know, we just don't know. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say three wins is safe, but I definitely think four wins is attainable. What do you think? Well, let's look at where you're getting those wins from. I will take a walk through the schedule because we only have, you know, the five games remaining. Up up next next week, you're going against Indiana, who 
may or may not be an actual force in the Big Ten. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not quite sure if it's more right. an indictment on Michigan or praise for Indiana, but, I mean, they dismantled the Wolverines they the did. other day. Uh, and then, I mean, rolling over to Maryland next with Tua's brother at the quarterback looking pretty darn good. Dude, I was watching those postgame highlights last night. He looks good. He looks really good. I and mean, he looks – I, I don't want to jump the shark, but he looks like his brother. He looks he looks the same. That that always that always <laughs> helps, you know, when he visually looks the same as his brother. By the way, that's annoying. Someone who has brothers and people are like, oh, my gosh, you guys look so much alike. Uh, no, you know, you just don't see it when you're in, but whatever. To- the, the Bally boys are a good looking bunch. Well, I, I appreciate that. So are you, <laughs> but yeah, I, I continue with you. I didn't mean to get off the rails. No, there. no, that's, that's all. That's all valid. Walk through. Right. But, uh, I mean, you look after that, then you're playing Northwestern, Ohio state, Penn state to end this end the year. So you, you're looking for what, two or three more wins out of that. And it's, it's not, they're not easy, easy wins. You know, they're not ones that you're going to take. So, I mean. There's a possibility we come out of the season, look back, and say we beat Michigan, and that's the only team we beat. Well, uh, that's that is more than a possibility. I would agree. On paper, right now, yes. I guess if you look at the schedule, it looks a little dreary because you know coming in, and you're if you're a, a Spartan slappy, and you're saying six wins or five wins or four wins, and you're you're looking at the schedule, you're absolutely taking that IO game and that Rutgers game in your win column. I have to imagine, right? You're not sitting here making the case the Spartans are going to beat Penn State and Ohio State, and, and even Michigan, really, this year. I think that was kind of a, you know, one that a lot of people chalked up as an L, reluctantly or not. You got that win, but yes, you're exactly right, Hank. You've kind of lost to the two teams that you thought you would be. If anything, you'd think you'd be maybe 2-1, and one, but losing to Michigan. And I know if you ask Spartan Nation, uh, I know a lot of these people would tell you that they would take the one win against Michigan over the two wins against the others. They just would. That's how this works here in East Lansing. That's how the rivalry is and all that good stuff. And we talked about all that last week. But I guess I'm going to cap it at three wins. I I don't feel confident in saying that, though, because I it's just I'm talking in circles at this point, but this team is so inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get from this team any given su- Saturday. I almost just said Sunday. But if, I, I just – I got. I, I got to ask though. So you're you're saying three wins, but who are you giving those wins against? Northwestern, maybe. I will take Northwestern, and I'll. Oh man, Maryland. I'll I'll take Maryland. Yeah, I'll take Maryland and Northwestern. I think the Spartans finish three. You would and, think. You would think. I mean, five. I know to his yeah. brother is looking good, but it's where, you know, you you can't put lipstick on a pig. Is that is that the old saying? I I you know I feel like I've heard that, but at the same time I feel like I haven't heard that. But I like that. That's going in the that's going in the memory bank. <laughs> yeah, save that one for later. Hank's memory bank. Maybe that should be a segment. We're always coming up with new segments. Yeah, Hank's from the UP. He's a weirdo. So you can, every now and then yeah. Hank will say something, and I'll just be like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" But it's it, it's it's great stuff though. It's always good content. So yeah, uh, Spartans lose to Iowa, forty nine to seven. Very disappointing game. Um, I mean, if you want game thoughts on it, go head to the Impact website if you're so inclined to do that. Uh, we got some great guys putting out some columns, some content about the game itself. Um, but other than that, that kind of wraps up our MSU football talk. Uh, are we going to take a quick break? Yeah, we can, we'll start to go break. to break here. Sorry, Hank and I, are, it's a two-man operation today. It's a little different. It's, a, it's, it's quite amazing the difference that two to three makes on a radio show. But we'll take a break. You're listening to the Green and White Report. Stay with us. Other side of the hour we have... Uh, we got some NBA talk. We've got the Sparty Awards. We're going to help Hank's fantasy football team, the picks, all that good stuff. But uh, stay with us. It's the Green and White Report.
Welcome back. Green and White Report here on a beautiful Sunday morning. Hank, I got to toss it to you real quick. Was that intentional? The lyrics there saying, I know you missed us, we're back. Because that was very, very smart if you did that on purpose. Well, actually, I don't know if people noticed this. The first show we came back, the, the songs I played were Back in Black and The Boys Are Back in Town. So okay. I'm, I'm always thinking ahead. It's the long game. I see. Right. see. So my thing was, you know, obviously last week, this week we're lucky enough to be in the studio, uh, just given the circumstances we're de- dealing with here on this Sunday. But last Sunday, uh, on Zoom. So I, I can't hear the music that Henry plays uh, in and out of breaks. But that was fantastic. Um, little bit of a tease for later, I guess we could say. Shout out to Van Halen. Uh, that's going to be part of our Sparty Awards. Stay tuned for that later. But, Hank, great stuff so far. That's a good song. That's a very good song. Yeah, we, I mean, this is this is a conversation we have all the time. We're, uh, you know, the Van Halen, Van Hagar uh, debate that we have going on. But uh, Yeah, I'm Trent Bally, also known as Sammy Hagar. This is Henry Menegos, also known as David Lee Roth, pretty much. I mean, Dave. We're carbon copies. We can't <laughs> sing like they can, but but we can we can party like they can. Can yeah. I say that? We can personify them. Yeah, we can. Sure, we can pull it off. We can personify anybody. We're pretty good at that. Whatever, whatever. Pat ourselves on the back. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Uh, just talking about some MSU football. Uh, we're going to put that to rest, though. We're going to talk about the NBA. Uh, apparently a season is approved to start on December 22nd. Team is going to, you know, it's going to be a regular season again. There's going to be, you know, limited fans based on, uh, you know, the, the issues and the stipulations in the states uh, in, in response to the coronavirus. But um, no bubble. Going to be played in home arenas. Uh, you know, a star players a little upset. I believe this is going to be a 72-day offseason as, you know, we know just last month the Lakers won the NBA championship down in Orlando. It's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird, but the NBA is going to be back playing on home floors. I'm so excited to watch my Pistons again. It's been a long time. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a record short offseason for, you know, the teams that were playing towards the back end of those playoffs in the bubble, but it's going to be a record long offseason for those eight teams that weren't allowed into the bubble because they stunk so bad. So I'm just excited to watch the Pistons. I, I believe free agency starts November 18th. Don't hold me to it, but the NBA is coming right back around the corner. Hank, do you think it's going to work without, without using a bubble? Yeah, from the hero of the, uh, the coronavirus, Adam Silver, comes – you know, the NBA without a bubble. He's unbelievable. That that was absolutely incredible. Adam Silver is the best commissioner in any sport. I, yeah. I'll, I'll take it to the grave. This right. guy, the fact that the NBA was able to pull that off in Orlando without a single positive test in all the days they were there, I mean, it, it's pretty unreal stuff. Yeah. And, and by the way, not not faltering or, or succumbing to anything, by the way. You know, Lou Williams, yeah, you can leave. Uh, you can leave the bubble, but I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Lou Williams. I don't care if you're LeBron James. You can't come back and play right away. You have to take your 10-day quarantine. You know what I'm saying? It was great. There were no exceptions, and it was pulled off perfectly. So you got to tip your hat to, uh, to, to Adam Silver, Commissioner Adam Silver and the NBA. Yeah, that was really incredible. And I was just going to say that the only hiccup was the, uh, the, tr- the run for chicken wings or or uh, anything else that was happened on that yeah, trip. Yeah, or, or crossing over the border for your Uber Eats or something like that. <laughs> it was, that was outrageous, some of the stuff going on. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so that's why it's kind of surprising to see, given the success of the bubble, that they're going to try and move forward. Well, I mean, I guess you can. I mean, you have to – you can't have seven, or, uh, you know, a, full, a full league in a bubble. So. Yeah, I mean, it was packed as it was with right. uh, 24 teams, I believe, 20, 22 teams. or 22 teams in the bubble. And not to, like, sit here and, like, just – trying to come up with their own plan, but you could do something similar to what the NHL did with like bubble or hub cities or whatever. But regardless, they're rolling with some limited fans and, you know, in a almost normal season. And I think six months ago, that would sound crazy to us, but you think about it and you watch baseball 
pulled it off. You watch the NFL, you know, seeming to be successful. College football is working all right. You know, there's definitely going to be some scheduling dilemmas. There's going to be, um, you know, different drama with players and practice times. And, you know, it's it's all going to be factors into it, absolutely. But as we're seeing right now, it can be done. So Yeah, it can be. I guess if there's a, if there's a little, you know, cause for concern, it would be that, you know, unlike the NFL where you have – you have a full week in between your games. The NBA, you're playing two or three, sometimes four games a week, and I think that's going to be where the the, you know, the cause for concern comes. Because what if a guy tests positive, then he's going to miss three games, or you know, you're going to have to have a COVID reserve. And this isn't football where you got 60 plus people on a roster. You've you've got 15. So I think we're going to see the G League used pretty uh, pretty interestingly to say the least. I'm not even sure if they're going to have a season. I don't even know. Are they having a season? We should look at we should look that up. But I guess what I'm trying to say is some of these G League players are going to get opportunities because of, you know, the the, the virus. And that that's as crazy as that sounds, that's just kind of how we're I mean, that's they got to roll with the punches just like we all do, you know, and they're they're people. And I think Hank, that's another reason why they weren't going to do another bubbles cuz you know, LeBron James and, and, and Russell Westbrook, these NBA stars that notably have families and love, you know, their kids and everything, you can't leave them for another, you know, month. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to agree to something like that. So I think that's why they have to try to do it this way. And, and, and the last thing I'll say about it is I don't think there's anything quite like playing in your home arena. I know in the bubble in Orlando they were doing, you know, technical home games where, you know, the virtual fans were wearing a certain color and they would they would still do your arena sound effects when you made free throws, just weird stuff like that. But now you're actually going to be back in your arena. It is going to be a little weird if there aren't any fans, uh, which it looks like, you know, certain states won't allow fans at all uh, because it is an indoor stadium and we have to we have to commend the uh, the governors for making those decisions. But, you know, even if there is a few fans, it's just going to be nice for these players to play in front of a little bit of a crowd again. They're playing at home again. They're playing, you know, all the teams in the league again, not just 22 of them. So it's going to be interesting to see how this works. Yeah, and I actually just did look. It looks like the G League will not have a season. Um, okay, so no season for the G League. Yeah, which make, which is pretty consistent with, you know, how a lot of uh, professional sports have been going. Right, it makes sense. The money makers have been, you know, playing their season. and Right. Um, but – yeah, it's it's gonna be really interesting here because this time we will have you know players staying with their families. Like you said, you can't you can't ask them to leave forever. You know <laughs> exactly. They do have uh, they're people, right? They are humans. They're not just uh, athletes for us for our pleasure. But um, I I do think if if there are fans, I I think it will add another uh another element to having like an like an the like you said the the bubble tried to pull to, to Add that factor in a little bit with the uh, with the um, the home chance and everything like that, but it will be nice to have the actual atmosphere and maybe the actual competitive advantage of having real people in the stands, even if it is twenty percent or whatever, you know. Yes, and you also can't underestimate. You know, you're gonna get the same training staffs again and just things like that. Things that you wouldn't even think about. They're gonna be able to eat their own food again. You know, they're not gonna have to eat. The cafeteria Disney food, which I'm sure was incredible, by the way. I know early there were some jokes about it, but I mean, towards the end, you have the Disney cutlery staff. You, I mean, you've got you've got the cat's booty, basically. Uh, you know, in in Orlando, so it's gonna be interesting, I guess. Hank, I want to ask you: Is there a team that you're watching coming into this season? You know, I know there's a lot going on in the NBA. We're hearing some talks about 
James Harden possibly joining the 76ers, and obviously Mike D'Antoni no longer coaching the Rockets, and Doc Rivers fired from the Clippers, heading over to coach the 76ers. There's a lot of stuff going on. So my question to you is, you know, are you are you looking, is there any team in particular that's catching your eye going into this shortened 72-game season starting December 22nd? Well, I think I think you just kind of said it. The 76ers are an interesting uh, option. If, if Harden does go over there, obviously following the coach would be would be really interesting. It's a small ball kind of transition around the country. But I think I think hands down the most interesting team, should they be healthy, is the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, that that is going to be either very electric or very catastrophic. Took the words right out of my mouth. The Brooklyn Nets, I think, are the team to watch. They they are the team to watch. You could argue the Golden State Warriors after you know heading to the finals uh, two years ago and losing to the Raptors. But you know, obviously, Kevin Durant left that team. Clay Thompson coming back healthy. Steph Curry coming back healthy. They've got a they've got the number two pick. Number, or is it the number one pick? I should know this. They had the second pick. Second overall yes. pick. So that's, I mean, they're either going to trade that pick or they're going to add a really good young player. They already added Andrew Wiggins. Uh, that's a team to watch. Draymond Green also coming back healthy. So that's a team to watch for sure. But the Brooklyn Nets, you bring up a very interesting point. That could go down in flames or it could work flawlessly. You've got two of the maybe most polarizing players in this entire league in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Once adversaries, but I think they've always been friends and now they're teammates. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out. Kevin Durant obviously healthy after tearing his Achilles in that finals we talked about against the Raptors two seasons ago. Kyrie Irving had his season cut short with lower leg injuries and whatnot, but you know he's coming back. And the Nets were still a team that snuck into the playoffs and made a little bit of noise. Karis LeVert had some great games. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie had some great games. They've still got DeAndre Jordan. They've still got Jared Allen. So there's a Pretty interesting roster that the the Brooklyn Nets have put together. And don't forget, Steve Nash is now the head coach there. Um, you know, after Kenny Atkinson, they they mutually agreed to leave. So, well, is he is he the head coach? I don't know because that's what I was going to mention next. Mike D'Antoni joining the staff as an assistant coach, and you got to keep your eye on that because obviously he's been a head coach in this league for a couple decades. And now Steve Nash, you know, a rookie coach, so to speak, he's coming in. I'm not quite sure if he's going to be calling all the shots. Right, exactly. And and the other interesting t- thing about this is before D'Antoni even joined the, the staff, you have your two star players already raising concerns on whether or not Steve Nash is actually the head coach, which was the most absurd thing I've ever heard a player say in my life. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, if 2020 wasn't crazy enough for you, there you go. We got players saying the coach isn't actually the coach. Yeah, I mean, the closest thing to that maybe – and this might kind of ruffle your feathers a little bit, and I love it, is uh, Tyrone, Tyrone Liu in, at Cleveland. Yeah. That's probably that, the closest thing. No, that was definitely uh, – But it wasn't out in the open like this. Like, you didn't have the players openly saying, we don't really have a head coach. It's right. just crazy to me that you would actually say that. Well, yeah, all those years with Tyron Lue in Cleveland, uh, you know, LeBron James, everybody knows, was not not the coach, obviously, but he, I mean, he was the one calling sets at the end of games and, and, and running certain plays for certain guys and deciding what the rotation would be, you know, just things like that. And I think we saw a lot of that, too, as LeBron transitioned to the Lakers with Frank Vogel. Obviously, Frank Vogel, a proven coach in this league, you know, he's already won a championship uh, in one season with the Lakers uh, and, and, and a few really good runs with the Indiana Pacers back in those days. So, obviously, you know, these guys are respected coaches and they do their thing, but when you have a star player like LeBron James, or in this case with the Brooklyn Nets, like Kevin Durant or even Kyrie Irving to an extent, guys that have won championships and have been to the finals many times and, you know, are now, I guess, technically veterans in this league as they've been in the league for six, seven, eight years now, I just – 
that's always going to be a concern. Unless you're dealing with a guy like Greg Popovich or you know Phil Jackson, one of these all-timers, um, it, it, it's just and the whole Steve Nash dynamic brings brings a whole new flavor to it because he's never coached before. Obviously, he's been in the front office in places like Golden State, and uh, you know he's done a great job there. He's done a fantastic job there, and I think it was only a matter of time before he got some kind of job here on on the floor level. But the Brooklyn Nets, you're exactly right. They seem like they're dynamite, you know, just a ticking time bomb almost. And it might not blow up, but it could blow up. And that's something we have to keep an eye on. Nonetheless, that's going to spice up the East. And, Hank, i got to ask you, are, are you a Bucks fan? Is that correct? Uh, I'm a pseudo-Bucks fan. Pseudo-Bucks fan? Yeah. I, well, explain to our listeners what that yeah, means. Well, because here's the thing <laughs> about the NBA. Yeah, exactly. That does need a little explanation. The NBA is really weird. The NBA, rather. I don't know what I just said. But that's really weird in the, in the sense that you, you almost don't have to root for a team. You, a lot of people just root for players because there's so yeah. many tr- trades and whatever else. Um, but I would say my allegiance would go towards the Bucks just from the sole fact that I went to a Bucks game and I was like in third grade or something and watched Brandon Jennings and got a free jersey or something, you know. Yeah. So, so I I say the Bucks and obviously they're fun to watch the Giannis, but it's it. I think like most people, it's more about just following different players around the league and. And more about that dynamic, I guess. Well, yeah, I know you know I love LeBron James. You know how I feel about him. But I, I guess the reason I'm asking is because I don't really know if the Bucks are going to be the favorites to come out of the East again. You know, you, the last two years, they've been exceptional in the regular season and have flamed out in the second round of the playoffs. And I think it's because teams have figured out how to start. Two years ago it was the conference finals. Is that correct? Against, against the Raptors. Either way, they've lost in, in, in pretty – I mean, jaw-dropping ways. Jaw-dropping in the sense that, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, back-to-back MVP now of the league, and, you know, these teams just, they just form the wall in front of the hoop, whether it's Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol and Pascal Siakam from, you know, that Raptors team, or this year's Heat team, Bam Adebayo, uh, Kelly Olynyk. All they do is just throw these guys at the rim, don't let Giannis get there. He can't quite shoot yet. So my question to you is even if the Bucks are, you know, favored to win, upwards of 60 games because they are an offensive juggernaut, are they going to come out of the East? Like, is this the year that it finally happens? Because you're looking at Brooklyn and you're looking at Philly and these teams that are making moves and making adjustments. And Miami, obviously, hello. Like, hello, Miami just went to the final. So you've got other teams that are a little more sexy, a little more moxie than the Bucs do now after two years. So do you think the Bucs are coming out of the East? Well, here – and I'm going to answer that with another question because really this is probably the bigger question. This is Giannis's – contract year right I mean this is correct so it's almost like they have to they must wouldn't you think yep they have to or else he's gonna be I mean he can get the bag anywhere you know you would imagine 28 out of these 30 NBA teams would give him whatever amount of money he wanted and and the thing about Giannis and this team is they'll probably be regular season champions again most most likely I mean they they just they have that kind of dominance but after after the last two kind of very very somber postseasons it's it's make it or bust. Make it to the. It's, it's almost at this point, win a championship or bust. I mean, Giannis Giannis is at the point where he's starting to see the limitations of his own game, like you said, without a jump shot. And if he's not going to get it done in in Milwaukee, as much as they love him there, as much as he might even love it there himself, there's so many markets that are that are more fitting to him, and and can supply him the players he needs to to get that ring. Um. So. It's, it's it's impossible for me to actually answer that question whether or not they do because they have to. Yeah, well, I think the other question you have to ask is, is Giannis going to finally learn how to shoot the ball more consistently? Because, I mean, that's the only thing he's missing. 
these defenses, as we just talked about, just collapse. They just collapse into the restricted area. Then all of a sudden, you know, Giannis isn't so high and mighty anymore. Obviously, he's still going to get his he's going to get his buckets. He's going to get you know a couple free throws, and and he's just going to impact the game. Of course, defensively, he's an animal. But I'm just saying, I, the way the Bucks play, you bring up a very good point, Hank. It's all. I mean, it's all gas on the offensive end. They, you surrounded Giannis with shooters. You've got shooters out there. Chris Middleton, one of the better number two options in this league. And I think, you know, if they got another piece, this is sort of beyond the realm of possibility, but if the Bucks got another piece, I think Chris Middleton could go down as the best third scoring option ever, one of them. I mean, like, he's that talented. I mean, he's been an all-star now for two straight years, and you could argue that, that Giannis Antetokounmpo had a lot to do with that. But whatever, I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll lay that discussion to rest but I just think it's interesting to see how quick the media and the fans have now turned on Giannis it seems like you know after that's true after two bad years uh, two bad postseason losses after two incredible regular seasons where you've won the MVP award people are now starting to look at this guy like all right I mean if he puts up the same exact numbers and the Bucks win that many games again this season obviously they can't because there's only 72 games in the season but it's just he could replicate exactly what he's done the last two years, and he won't win another MVP just because that's how the media works. They're not going to give it to a guy who they've seen flame out in the playoffs twice in a row. And he's been kind of like America's sweetheart in a way. Like people just right. love, everybody loves Giannis. Why would you not? You know, it's and it's like it really is incredible to see the backlash he got after last season, after last postseason. Um, your guy Skip, I love the comparison about him being a, a Pippen, not a Jordan. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Skip Bayless, what a time! What a time that is watching that show. I, <laughs> Check it out if you want. If you want, go check it out. There's some great content there. Shannon Sharp, hilarious. Uh, I watch it every day. I'm a noted, undisputed guy. But that's just that's neither here nor there. Whatever. This is the Green and White Report. We're talking. We're talking NBA here. Hank, I got one more question for you. Uh, actually, two more questions. Do you think the Lakers have a shot to repeat? And also, um, are you okay with stars sitting out at the start of the season? As we see, that might be a very high possibility with the shortened offseason. The record shortened. I mean, it's, it's seventy. I forget what the exact number is, but 78 days I think they will have had off by the time December 22nd rolls around. What do you think? Is that, is that the finals The finals teams will have 78 days? Or is yes. It, okay. Yes. Um, to answer your first question, anytime LeBron is on a team, you, you got to think they can go back. You absolutely. Know? Um, so, yes, I will say absolutely that team looked very dominant. They are missing a little bit. I mean, they could they could use – I know they're missing – they were missing uh, Bradley Beal for a lot of that season. Um Avery Bradley? Avery, yeah, thank no, you, no, Avery Bradley. Um, but they're still missing, I think, one more kind of role player that yeah. can knock down the shot, that can hustle, um, get get the boards, that kind of thing. So, But I, I do think it's very likely, um, any given any reshuffling we see in the West, that we see uh, Lakers on top of that conference again. Um, and then to answer your next question, I think it's I, usually I'm not a huge guy about you know load management or or resting your stars, but I think this is absolutely warranted. I mean, for one, we are in an absolutely crazy just time in our lives to you know? say the least. Yeah, to yeah. say the least. So that in itself might warrant some rest. But um, obviously the shortened season, for, especially for those last two, the Nuggets, man. They, if anybody deserves the rest of their starters, it's the Nuggets. They played more basketball in the shortest span of time than like. I did in my elementary days at these tournaments we used to go to and have right, like five yeah. games a day or whatever. Exactly. You know, so I think yeah, absolutely. That I would I would be uh, all for for resting your starters to start the season, um, especially if you're going to close out strong like you did last at the, in the bubble. That was a, it was a great finish. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think the answer to both those questions is yes. <laughs> All right, so and that, that's good. That's good. I guess it's it's the line you have to walk if you're an NBA team of do we feel confident that if we rest LeBron James and Anthony Davis for the first eight games or whatever the case may be, do we feel confident enough in the product we're putting out on the court to at least keep us afloat in that time before these guys do come back? And I think, you know, with a lot of the top teams, the answer is yes there. But I think with some of the middle-of-the-pack teams, like, say, you know, the Utah Jazz or even the Philadelphia 76ers at this point, teams that are, you know, they're, they're playoff teams, but they're not necessarily penciled in contenders. That's your opportunity to maybe jump ahead early in these, in these, uh, you know, in this season. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great point actually, you know, and definitely take advantage of that. Um, I want to ask you one question before we, we wrap this up. Um, the Miami heat. Yeah. Kind, kind of an enigma, you know, like are they, they looked absolutely fantastic in the bubble. Just an impressive all around f- filled out roster. Um, but does that translate to a regular season? Does that translate to having fans, to having home cards advantage, you know, all that with having a young team? How do you see that transpiring in this more close to reality of an NBA season? I go back and forth with this, and I think I end up arriving at a pretty comfortable uh, destination here. I, I don't buy the Miami Heat hype going into this next year, and it's not because I'm hating on the Heat. Listen, they overachieved absolutely in a neutral site. You nailed it. They were the five seed in the East. They've got a guy like Jimmy Butler who is just, you know, I mean, he's not a, he's not a, after that postseason, I think the expectations for him are going to go a little too high because he is an exceptional player. But after that 40 point, you know, game, game five, he comes in game six and has 12 points in the elimination game. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of things just, and that's all right because he left it all on the floor in game five and got the heat. You know, he extended the series. But I guess what I'm saying is you don't see guys like LeBron do that, Kevin Durant, uh, you know, Giannis a little bit, I guess, James Harden a little bit. But that, that just speaks to, you know, I, I think that speaks more to where he's at in terms of, like, the echelon. But in terms of just being a dog and being a team leader, he's up there with the best of them. I think that's what the Heat had going for him. Eric Spolster, also an exceptional coach. Pat Riley could win executive of the year every single year. You know, you look at – yeah, I'm I'm a big LeBron guy, of course. So you look at you know the the dynamic of when LeBron leaves a team, how unsuccessful is that team for a while? You know the, the it only took the Miami Heat six years after LeBron left to get back to the finals. That's very impressive. Because when's the next time Cleveland's going to get there? You know what I'm saying? It, it's just we don't know. You know LeBron leaves the Lakers. When the, when's the next time they're going to get there? Who who knows? And all that is ifs, ands, and buts, whatever. But I guess what I'm trying to say is. I don't necessarily buy the Miami Heat hype when I look at some of these other teams in the East. I do think the Nets are going to be the force to be reckoned with. I know that's kind of – I'm not sure if, if that would be considered a bandwagon thing right now like because a lot of people are not buying the hype on the Nets, but I am, so I think they're going to be very good. I'm going to pick them to come out of the East. I guess my other dynamic with the Heat is just that Tyler Hero, obviously a fan favorite. Everyone loved this guy. I just, and this is going to come across so old man-ish and just hater-like, but do you really think this dude would have been doing what he was doing if he's playing in the Staples Center full of, packed full of the Lakers' face? I just don't really know if that's the case. Is that fair? I want to believe it. I want to believe that. I know a would... lot of people do because he, like I said, he was he's, sick. He he's was a fan favorite on fire, and he burst out of the scene, and everyone loves this guy. And that was yeah. only his rookie campaign, obviously. So right. the best is yet to come. People would think, but I just don't know. He's one of those guys where coming into this bubble, you, you knew that the bubble was going, that being in a bubble was going to benefit certain players. Right. 
It was going to help the role players because you don't have to travel. You don't have to go on the road. You know, role players always play better at home. That's what they say. So I don't know. I just, I have to see it again from them. I could absolutely change my opinion as we all are subjected to do. But I guess if I had to put money on it right now, I would say the Heat are not making it back to the finals. Well, they're definitely going to have a, a a much tougher road to get there. I think, uh, like we, we already kind of hashed on the Nets, I, I really, really believe that the, the, the Bucks got to put forward a better a better fight. Um, and then even the Celtics, I mean, the Celtics are, you know, a, a force they're always going to be in the mix. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're definitely gonna have a tougher road up, but there's just, maybe it's the, the idealist in me that just wants, this is just pulling for this rookie to just, or not, I mean, not a rookie anymore, but this young guy to just keep, yeah. keep on this fire stretch that he was this unbelievable stretch, uh, which did kind of die off a little at the end. I mean, they ran, a into, bit, a, yeah. they, they ran into a brick wall, but, uh, I don't know. It, it's it's they're an exciting thing to it's for some reason it's exciting to watch in in a league full of you know star-studded rosters to watch just a fundamentalist yes you know solid all around the all around the floor basketball team well yeah and I'll say with a hand up I was rooting for the Lakers obviously a huge LeBron guy noted so I was rooting for the Lakers so just from that standpoint I was rooting against the Heat obviously LeBron and. Time. Uh, <laughs> bookmark that and pull it out every we're time. back that we're was back. awesome we're back in the studio baby this is great but i guess what i'm what i'm trying to get to here is lebron the miami heat all these comparisons to the 04 pistons it was kind of upsetting me a little bit as a pistons fan even because that team beat kobe and Shaq. you know what i'm saying i mean that team that yes they overachieved but they were still the best team in the east for probably three or four years. And the Heat, I just don't really know if you can say that. I guess on the surface level of being a fun, fundamental team, well-coached without really a big star, obviously you have your leader in Chauncey Billups or Jimmy Butler, whatever the case is, but I just I don't buy those comparisons. Bam Adebayo or Ben Wallace, stop. Get out of my face with that. Well, and it's I know they came out on top of the conference last year, but it's hard to say that there's still the cream at the top. You know, it's Agree. It's, it's definitely not clear-cut. Excuse me, clear cut, and um, that's something I guess I think you do need before you can start making those kind of comparisons. But I, like I said, just I think the appeal there is it's almost reminiscent of more like college basketball. You know, just you have a right. solid roster, which is don't get me wrong. I love the NBA. I love to watch you know your AD LeBron combos, but it is refreshing you know to, yeah. to see a team like that for sure NBA, succeed too, and they're succeeding. It's going to be interesting to see if they're able to replicate. And just so I go on the record, Lakers are going to easily win a championship again. They're going back-to-back. But that's neither here nor there. We'll talk about that. We'll keep an eye on that as the season rolls on. Uh, NBA season beginning December 22nd. One last thing to keep our eye on here. I'm not sure people have thought about this. The Toronto Raptors. Good uh, point. Why did we not bring that up? Well, I don't know. This is something to just think about and keep an eye on. I'm not really sure if we can give a whole lot of thoughts here because I'm not a legal expert. But they're, the Canada, the country of Canada is not allowing travel, all right? so Or they're not allowing Americans in is that the is that the case with the virus? It's something involving the fact that the Raptors basically, long story short, are not going to be able to play in Canada. Okay, they're going to have to either find you know people are saying Seattle, some people are saying I, I don't even know what people are saying, but they're just not going to be able to play in Toronto. Hey, put them up in Orlando again. They might. I mean, they might. Good. They might put them in the not in the bubble, but where the bubble was, right. or they'll put you know in in you know Kentucky. You know, with a great, you got to, or, or Duke, these these schools that have big arenas that can actually, you know, maybe have some fans or things like that. Well, and 
the problem I see with that right now is logistically, if you're going to put right. two teams in the same arena and, and two leagues in the same arena, you're mixing college kids with professional moneymakers at this, at this point, really. Yeah, um, it looks like a little bit of a mumble-jumbo That does logistics. not seem ideal, to the, say the least. does not. And you also have to remember, they're also trying to limit the, the amount of travel around the country. So if you put the Raptors in Seattle, you're going to be dealing with a lot of flights all the way over to the East Coast to play the Celtics and the Sixers and the Knicks and everybody in the Raptors division. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear some development in that soon as the NBA season is, what, about six weeks away, seven weeks away? Man, it's coming up fast. It's coming up very are, are fast. Are you Christmas shopping yet? I am not, but maybe I should. I'm a huge Christmas guy, by the way. We're going to have to do that for the Sparty Awards next week. Yeah, have you idea. started Christmas shopping? No, and I every year I tell myself I'm going to start it early. I'm going to I'm gonna plan it out. I'm going to get my get my, my people good gifts this year. And, and then it's like December 14th. I'm like, oh, crap. I got to go to Walmart. You the, know? <laughs> the, the, yeah, no, the, the as seen on TV section. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, like, oh, that looks pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll, like, I'll get two of those and, you know. Send them different ways. Yeah, I'll get my buddy a my pillow. It'll yeah. be great, <laughs> or, or some kind of shake weight, something yeah. completely the, the ridiculous. Skillet, the magic yeah. skillet or whatever. Yeah, the no stick. Uh, what, what's that? What's that other stuff? The uh, the the flex glue, flex tape. Those flex are fan- tape. Yeah, fantastic, love, fantastic ads. The whole series. Yeah, great marketing there by that by that team. But anywho, um, at any rate, listen, the Sparty Awards. Are we just gonna roll into it? Are we cool with that? You want to do that? Yeah, I mean, we can we can go to break. What do you want to do? I'm yeah, gonna, so I'm gonna leave it up it. to you, producer. All right, let's see if I can do this. Ladies and gentlemen, the Green and White Report is proud to present this week's edition of the Sparty Awards, brought to you by Impact Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Rabinowitz and Julian Mitchell. Yeah, so for the Impact faithful who listen to this show uh, regularly, Ryan Rabinowitz and Julian Mitchell are not here anymore, unfortunately. I have a little tear in my eye as I say that. I love those guys. miss them dearly. But thank you, Nathan Stearns, for the intro. We're going to have to maybe update that. But that's fantastic stuff, by the way. Uh, we, we thank our audio team here at, uh, at, at Impact 89 FM WDBM. We now have the Sparty Awards. It's myself. It's Henry Menegos. We're going through our top four Van Halen songs. And listen, a lot of this ha- just has to do with the fact that there's no Collins this week, so we thought we'd do something pretty fun that is specific to myself and Hank. And listen, we talked about it earlier if you weren't listening to the show at that point. We're big Van Halen fans, both of us. I air more on the Van Hagar side with Sammy Hagar. Uh, Hank over here, my good friend. Uh, loves loves a little diamond diamond Dave. Uh, loves Sammy as well, but just thinks David Lee Roth is a little bit a little bit better, a little more flair. So we're gonna go <laughs> through our top four Van Halen songs, regardless of who the lead singer is for the Sparty Awards this week. Hank, kick it off for us. Well, I, I gotta say first, I want I I don't know if Collins is listening to this. If you are, get well better soon, buddy. We yeah, miss hang you. in there, hang in there. But I he, I gotta imagine he's just rolling his eyes right oh, now. Oh, I know he's 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 hating this Collins, topic. We Collins chose to... is our ideas guy. You know, like he. He adds the color, I think, to I mean, not that we don't add our own color, but he's you know he's he's the ideas guy. He comes with the Sparty Awards every week for us. I think know? one time last last year he did something like top four TV shows you would you know fake being sick and miss school to watch, and I was like, that's fantastic. It, that that is so specific and spot on because yeah. every kid has those shows, and right. you just have to pull them out. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, shout out to Collins. Get well soon. But until that, we're, we're, dealing, you, with, we're dealing with the very uncreative top four Van Halen songs. So, <laughs> also, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Th- I guess that's our tie-in here. Hey, there's the theme right there. We there's were looking the for a theme. Here it is. I know um, it's been a month or a little over a month, maybe. I'm not sure. The, w- but, the wound is still fresh. But rest in peace to the GOAT. My GOAT, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. So this is a very... Uh, this is a very us Sparty Awards. This is a very us episode, so we thought we'd roll with it. I'm kicking things off here. Um, I'm kind of picking up the uh, the pieces that Trent left behind here, but I do have I do have some of my own that are specific uh, to my taste. So I'm gonna kick it off with uh, "Dance the Night Away." Good one. Good. That's it. That's all you have to say. With that's it. a good, good one. one. I, it's not on my playlist. Man. I'll put it that way. I I know. I know. I'm sorry. We're off to a bad start. That's here, weird to me. No, that's not. That's just not. It's not one of my favorites. But it, obviously, it's a good song. You know, two things think, can be true. Yeah. Well, I guess it is all about perspective. But I mean, that riff at the beginning and the the, the chorus with the the Michael Anthony high note and everything. Yes. It has all the elements. You know? I am a huge Michael Anthony guy, right. by the way. Absolutely. I love. Mikey Anthony. Those were Van Halen's best days. You know, screw all the talk about, um, you know, who the lead singer yeah, is. Van Halen, Van Hagar. No, I want right. Van Anthony. Give me Michael Anthony. You Van- know, <laughs> when, when Michael Anthony left the band, I think it was about 06, <laughs> mid-2000s. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I don't remember that. I was a kid. But, I mean, that's just, that, that had to have hurt if you're a Van Halen fan. He was the one constant the whole way, along with Eddie and Alex, of course. But he's always there. So he was one of three constants. One of three, one, <laughs> He was one, he was he was one third of the constant. Yes, yes, absolutely. Michael Anthony, great bass player, awesome stuff. Um, I guess you got anything more to add about Dance the Night Away, Hank? I, I feel like I should be making a stronger case for it because I'm just so surprised that you're not on this bandwagon. And I think it's just such a complete song. It's just such a great it's in the name, Dance the Night Away. That's what I want to do when I hear it. I wanna just blare it and like, you know, it's it's just it's a great car jam when I make my nine hour ride home. That one's on like well, three times. That adds a whole new dynamic to this because you do have very long car rides in your life. And I guess that would be, you know, if your Van Halen playlist is 50 songs long, that might do you a little better than if it was 22 and it's only the ones that you love. So yeah. you got to have more material. So right. good stuff. Way, way to start it off, I guess. My, my first pick, this is my favorite song. This or Little Red Corvette by Prince is my favorite song of all time, Dreams by Van Halen. When people ask me, they're like, what's, what's your favorite song? I'm like, Dreams. They think the Fleetwood Mac song. Oh, Great right. song. Great song, of course. But no, my favorite, uh, Dreams by Van Halen. Uh, it's off the album 5150, one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's an exceptional song. Sammy Hagar's vocals, Sammy Hagar's guitar playing, allowing Eddie to do more with the synthesizers and the pianos. It's great stuff. I just love it. So now here, here's where we get to go. We get to show our different colors right here. The the Bring the, the 70s versus the 80s, if you will, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I do love this song. I, for a Van Hagar song, this, this is one of my uh, one of my favorites. But I am in the camp, as many of the 70s sympathizers. I don't know what I'm looking for here. That works. Sure. Yeah. That is anti synthesizer anything. Okay, so you're not a synthesizer guy at not all. Not a synthesizer guy, and I I admire Eddie Van Halen's ability to. You know, branch out and stuff like that. Yeah, but, he had an interest. You know, he kind of dabbled right. in it a little bit. And more. I don't know, like jump is a keyboard. I don't know if you call it. A, I guess it is a synthesizer. Right? It, it's it's a keyboard, but it's a synth sound. I yeah, guess. Yeah. I, listen to us. Great, great music analysis. Right. We're, we're doing we're, great. We're knocking this out yeah. right now. But that being said, I'm not a synth. I'm not a synth guy. Um, I don't like the whole. I know you're an '80s guy, but I don't. I'm not a huge '80s guy. You know, I'm like I'm a little more in the rustic '70s. Yeah, '70s you know? apologist Henry Menegol is yes, right here. Yes, we're throwing all kinds of great synonyms <laughs> out here right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's where I stand on dreams. I will say of the Van Hagar catalog, 
that might be my number two. And you have my number oh, one on your list. Oh, wow. You, All have right. your number, you have your number one on your list. I'm on your list. So we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. Next song, this is a little bit off the beaten track. I mean, it's, it's definitely a hit, but it's a little off the beaten yeah. track. Beautiful Girls. Again, another Diamond Dave song. I just think that that riff that he plays in the beginning is like one of the best bluesy boogie, whatever you want to yeah. call it. You know, great tone, great everything. And then uh, on top of that, I'm, you know, I'm up with this on the Mac. Actually, that's a great idea. I think I'm gonna do that. The outro with Michael Anthony hit again. I'm I'm gonna say him every song probably. The outro to that song with them just repeating the chorus over and over again is like just. Vintage Van Halen, you know, yeah. it should be in a museum framed if you could do that with audio. You exactly. know, like that's it's that to me is just a great song. It's a great concept, great riff, everything. Love it. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you know, let's not get it twisted here. We're both big Van Halen fans, as I've said already. So neither one of us is coming for the other the other guy's list. That is a great song, and the amount of it doesn't get a whole lot of luster. It doesn't get a whole lot of play, right. but criminal. It, it's it criminal. Should, it is criminal because it's a fantastic song. And you're right. Anytime Michael Anthony's involved in the in the backup vocals, which is quite often, but anytime that that's happening, I'm here for it. And that's a great, that's a prime example. That's Michael Anthony just flooring it right there. Yeah, it's good stuff. Absolutely. So I guess my second pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the DLR side here for a second. Panama, dude, what a song! That song is all gas right from the start. And by the way, yeah. it's about a car. It's kind of funny. It's not about a girl. It's it's about a car. Well, yeah, it is. But I think it's about a girl in a car. It is as well. That's what da- that's what David Lee Roth said. David Lee Roth is also a crazy human he is being. Crazy. So we don't really know. He's crazy. I adore his craziness. No, I do too. He's you wild. Know, let's go. Let's go to history minute for a second here. I'll, I'll make it brief. The, the behind the song is someone said to David Lee Roth that you only sing about women in cars. That's all Van Halen sings about. And he said, "Well, I don't think I have a song about it, a car." So that's why he wrote Panama. Okay, and it's about a prostitute or woman of the night named Panama. Named Panama? And, I guess that and works. some kind of Panama car. I, I can't remember what kind of car it is, but... That's a prostitute name, I guess. Am I allowed to say that? I think I can say that. Yeah, it sounds... Uh, yeah, a woman of the night is the uh, the term I'm going with. A woman of the night named Panama. That's great <laughs> stuff. Anyway, anywho, the song is fantastic. I love the... um. You know, I, I just love it. I'm not going to sing it. That would be horrible radio. We're not going to do that. But that's I, a great song. We're coming close. I think, couple, I think both of us... At one point or another, almost burst into the high Michael Anthony harmony, but yes, we're holding back. We're holding back, and it's taking a lot in me. I'm sweating over here. I'm sweating because I just want to play Van Halen for about the next yeah. two hours. But this is a sports radio show. We're halfway through the Sparty Awards. We'll keep it rolling. Hank, what's your third pick? Um, I'm I'm kind of going back and forth, literally on the spot right now, which is bad planning on my part. Well, it's also tough. It, it is tough because I'm being a little bit too partial to to uh, Van Halen right now, and I do want to throw out a, a Van Hagar song, but that being said, I got I got to go with this one, and that is Ice Cream Man. Is I just, knew it. Yeah, I knew yeah. you were going to say Ice Cream Man. Look, Hank has only three songs on his list right now written down for me to see, so I'm waiting for what the fourth one's going to be. Obviously, he's got one more to say, but I was waiting. I would have been shocked if you didn't give Ice Cream Man some love. I, again, another one kind of off the beaten path, and it's it's really more of a live song. You know, when they play it live, it's fantastic. Delegate one of the ladies. Yeah, uh, it's just it's great it's got, stuff. That's that's David Lee Roth in his in his element right there. You know, kind of putting these little these little wry little comments, and you know, I mean, that's 
that's Van Halen, you know? Well, and that's where, you know, you think back to the late 70s and just the goofiness of yeah. music kind yeah. of and just having fun and being groovy. That's, a, that, that's what that's it's all a, about right there. Yeah. And that song's a cover, I believe. I don't think Van Halen. Oh, is it? I, I didn't think know that. so. I think okay. so. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. But it's just, they did it the best. I mean, that, oh, absolutely. You, no one oh. knows that song by anybody else. No well, disrespect, but that's a Van Halen song. I think, I think anytime, Van Halen did a lot of covers. Yeah. Mostly with David Lee Roth. Yep. You and see any a coincidence t- there? I I I okay, don't know. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, let me say this, Sammy. When, there's a lot of great songs out there, you know, that they covered. But once you put, especially in a live setting, once you get David Lee Roth adding his flair on right. it, and obviously the at that time, just unparalleled playing of Eddie Van Halen. Yes. It didn't matter. It's their song. It's it didn't their matter song who wrote it. It didn't matter right. who performed it before. No one can touch it right. after that. Exactly. It's I untouchable. Mean, they're, they're gods of rock music. So there we go. Ice Cream Man, though, that one's a little bit more of an acoustic song. Obviously breaks into the rock towards right. the end. It's it's bluesy. It's jazzy. It's fun. It's a fun song. It's funny, too. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out if you want to. All right. Uh, my third song, I'm going to stay on Van Hagar. Uh, Why Can't This Be Love? Is this your favorite Van Hagar song? Yeah, that is. is. Yes. Okay, so that song is fantastic. And I think a little history lesson in this song, I believe it was the first single released by Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. So it was the debut, if you will, of Sammy Hagar as the lead singer. So that adds a little bit different of a spin to it. And I've read some things about this song, and that is why some people don't like it as much, because it was the first taste of Van Hagar that they got, and they didn't like it, because it's not the most rock pedal to the metal that you got in 1984 with, you know, Panama and Hot for Teacher and all that kind of stuff. You don't get that as much. So it was a little bit of a different, I'm sure back then, you know, if we were around in 1986, maybe my opinion towards this song would be a little different, but nonetheless, it's a fantastic song. Well, I think, I don't, I don't know what they're talking about there because I'm a little confused by that. The the, the big difference I see is Samuel, Sammy Hagar saying, why can't this be love? That to me is the biggest difference because before that is ain't, ain't talking, talking about, about yeah, love right, right. exactly you know, exactly that, so that to that to me probably I mean I think a lot of people were very upset when when David Lee Roth left the band of course so I guess they were probably gonna be critical no matter what and then to have that drastic change in lyrics maybe it was the other thing but that that riff at the beginning or whatever it is I don't know is that keyboard I don't even know what it is I, it's Eddie it's all Eddie it's not it's on the keyboard keyboard okay I think I think we're just gonna call it keyboard right? keys yeah it's keyboard, it's cool. the keys. Eddie's on the keys, and he's got a cigarette in his mouth, and he's just yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's wheeling. He's got his shirt off, and he's going great. And he's just, yeah, it's it's fantastic. That, I, that's that song is not only one of my favorite Sammy Hagar songs; it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, I mean, it's that, it's great. It's incredible that that beginning intro kind of whatever the keyboard riff or whatever. It's just it's a great groove, great song. Another song off 5150. Shout out to 5150. Yeah, I, I showed Hank was over at my apartment last night. We were having a good good little time. With some of our buddies, right. you know, social distancing, of course, and all that good stuff. But uh, I, I had to pull out my my little fifty one fifty vinyl, show it to Hank. Yeah. It was it was fun. It was in mint condition. I was like, Hank, check this out. Look what I got here. <laughs> I got Van Halen on vinyl. It was I was yeah. fired up. T ball, by the way, I always get to see the the setup of the of the backdrop for when we zoom sometimes for Green and White Report. Right. And I I got to see it firsthand today, and and the setup is is great. He's got his. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The flags and everything. He's got the flag. He's got the he's got the print posters. He's got the uh, the bass sitting in the background. The big bass rig plugged. In. I think it was plugged into your, your yeah. 
your uh, turntable. The vinyl, so. yeah, the vinyl player. Everything's all set up, dude. Fantastic. I have, I have a good time in my room, I guess. Great time over there at Skyview. When you live in an apartment, you got to make the most out of the space you have. Absolutely. Same as when you live in a dorm. You know, that's my space. I got to make it mine. I got to have Motley Crue on the wall. Motley Crue, yeah, there I got to Prince on the wall. It's good stuff. But <laughs> anywho, um, yeah. Hank, I'll toss it back to you for your final pick is... for the Sparty Awards. Top four Van Halen songs. Oh, dude, no way. I, you just stole my song. I, I'm looking at the doc. You updated your list. Oh, that was your fourth one? Oh, you do it then. I'll, I got well, another listen, one. Listen. No, I got another one. Go for I'm it. I'm calling audible, so we're, we're going to have to do audible mentions. We'll make it short. We'll make it okay, brief, okay. but we're going to yeah. have to do it. I uh, I, I, I want to do a set of, of Sammy Hagar songs. I'm not trying to hate on him. I'm really not. Hey, do what you got. It's just got to be your top four. It doesn't matter. And I, I do love this song. Again, we kind of see the difference here. Can't Stop Loving You. Yeah. That was one of the best songs from the album Balance, 1995. Yeah. Last album with Sammy. Before that kind of went down in flames, but that song is absolutely fantastic. And it's it's a ballad. I, yeah, it is. It's it a is. little bit more, you know, it's it's a little bit more like emotional and that belly kind of rubber. Thing. You ever heard that term? Yeah, it's belly a, it's rubber. A, it's a belly rubber. Hank's 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 minute or whatever we Hank's call it. Hank's minute. Hank's memory bank. Whatever. And, and you, the reason it's called that is because when you're slow dancing with your lady, you're oh. rubbing bellies. So the belly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, that's another dynamic of Sammy Hagar coming in and bringing all the love and the romance and everything to Van Halen, and it kind of flipped a lot of people. Right. Well, I think you do need that in any band. You do need people aren't just, you know, right snorting coke every day. I mean, exactly. you, you, you got to relate a little bit. That was bit. a great backhanded slap at David Lee Roth. It was a little it's bit. It's okay, though. It's all right. We're here it, for it's it. It's what we love about him, too. But He's here for it, too. Right. Exactly. We, we, we could probably get him on the show. He's a pretty open guy. But he, that would be a day. I'll reach out. We'll see what we can, what we can do. But yeah, we'll have our people talk to his people. We'll yeah, see what we can do. We'll, we'll make it happen. But <laughs> I want to say what I love about this song is I think um, this is a song that really complements Sammy's, Sammy's voice. I mean, I think this is one where it really... It's it's pretty much just him. I think he, I don't know if he wrote it or not. I'm assuming he did because the chorus just it just fits his voice so perfectly. It's yeah. very powerful, very good lyrics, and um, yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my pick for the the final Van Halen song on my uh, Sparty Award. All right, well that's all good picks. I go back and forth on my final one. It's either finish what you started off OU812. I'm not sure if you've ever heard that one. That's more of an acoustic song as well. But I think I'm going to go with Best of Both Worlds, again, off 5150. I just love that album, if you can't tell already. Um, I mean, it's it's a top one or two album. I go back and forth with another one, uh, Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue, but that's a whole different conversation. I'm, just, I'm going to roll with Best of Both Worlds. That's awesome. If you've ever seen the live, if you know this song and you know how the chorus works, and you've ever seen like the live videos of them playing it live, and, and Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony taking turns leaning back and forth oh, yeah. singing the song to each right. other, it's... Quite a scene. Well, I gotta say, Gets this me is actually fired up. This this is a song I don't know. So you don't know this song? I t- I'm tipping my hat to you, sir. All right, you gotta check it out, dude. I, I yield. I think you won the debate, but uh... <laughs> the best of both worlds. Not Hannah Montana. No, we don't do any of that oh, stuff. Okay. It, it's not not the same. It's it's Sammy That's why Hagar. I had going in my head. So I was yeah. Thanks for clarifying. So that I think that wraps it up. You got any quick honorable mentions? You I, I think do? I think we got it. I think we'll do a couple honorable mentions just real quick. Yeah. I mean, we di- we didn't say jump, which is a hit. Great song. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves that right. song. But Hopper Teacher, we just played it at the break. I got it back. Got it back. Oh, you're singing. You're saying we're gonna do that. Got to sing once. Oh, you're so- I'm sweating. I'm Why did I back. waste my one sing on Hot for Teacher? You could have. You definitely could have gone on like a little, little, little David yeah. Lee Roth statements in the you know in the break. But yeah, maybe. I think there's some other good ones. You know, you, they got some great covers. You really got me. Pretty Woman or, or is another great cover. Yep. 
Hop, oh, I said Hop Teacher. Jamie's Crying is good. Jamie's Crying is an awesome song. Yeah. So. Did uh, you say Ain't Talking About Love? I didn't. And Dude, okay, we, we missed that. I mean, we completely missed oh, the bus on that So many of those, one. you know, uh, th- we didn't say Running With The Devil. Uh, oh, yeah. It's Cradle totally Will Rock. All of those, you know, very, those are a little bit of the, the harder harder rock sounds. You correct, know? correct. That's Which the is, more. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. I want to give one honorable mention real quick, and then we can lay this to rest. I'll Wait on, uh, on 1984. Great song. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Gets the blood pumping. My mom went skydiving one time in the video that, that she got on VHS. That was the song that they put to the video. So oh, really? That's the, that's the memory I associate that song with, and it's, it's fantastic. A little sentimental value to yeah, it. Yeah, a little sentimental value. Shout out my mom. Shout out mom. <laughs> that's all I got to say. That concludes the Sparty Awards, Top 4 Van Halen songs. Sorry if you snoozed right through that. You hate music or you hate, you know... Van Halen in general, or <laughs> you heard me say that I like Van Hagar more, and you threw your radio across the, the room. It, right. I'm sure those people are out there, whatever. But uh, I think we're going to take a quick break. Lots of NFL on the other side to wrap up the show. Uh, we've got some Hanks fantasy football team talk. We've got some Detroit Lions talk, of course. Wouldn't be a show unless we cried or, or you know yelled in happiness about the Detroit Lions, but today a little bit of spin. Uh, the Playing the Minnesota Vikings at 1 o'clock, Henry Menegos noted Minnesota Vikings diehards. So that'll be some fun discussion. Playoffs. And we'll round. We'll talk about playoffs. You're on fire with the drops today. That's fantastic. We're going to close out the show with the picks. Stay with us. Lots of NFL talk coming. You're listening to the Green or White Report on WDVM. Stick around. Wow, nothing quite like hearing the wailing of Sammy Hagar coming into this break. Um, coming out of the break, I should say. Green and White Report, Trent Bailey, Henry Mena goes, no Ryan Collins, but he will get better soon, and he'll be back with us next week. Wow. By the way. Hank, you're on fire today. But I No, I'm not, because I just realized that was not in the Sparty Awards. not in the Sparty Awards. I'm sitting here searching for a, for a Van Hagar song I like. Right now, right, it's on the it's on the Mac already. I had it loaded up. Turn this thing around. So so we'll we'll go back. We'll edit the script. You can have "Can't Stop Loving You." I'll take it right now. Okay, <laughs> yeah, deal. For the record, it's a fair trade, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Good good enough. Sparty Awards. Uh, um, go check it out if you want. But we're back on the sports track here. Um, we got a lot of NFL stuff to talk about here, Hank. It's a yeah. doozy. Every Sunday, it's pretty fun. The NFL is in kind of peak pedal to the floor right now because you started to separate the really bad teams from the playoff contenders and obviously this year there's that abbreviated uh you know they're starting the new playoff format where there's seven teams in each conference that get in so two extra teams that will make the playoffs it's getting interesting we're now at the middle of the season so I want to play a game real quick Hank I want to I want to go through the standings here and I want you to tell me, and I will tell you, who we have pegged to win each division as they stand right now. Now, obviously, a lot of them are not particularly close in terms of the race. You know, you look at, like, the AFC West with the Chiefs and whatnot. But we're just we're going to do this. So, uh, Hank, we'll start with the AFC East. you got the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Bills lead that division at 6-2. and two. Uh, Who do you got winning? Yeah, this is interesting, man. Because we're talking about the Patriots. That have I don't know how many years in a row have they come out of that conference? I don't know. I think the Jets might have won it one of those years or something that they. Oh, that's Mark right, Sanchez. They did, yeah. But still, I mean, it's like. But this is an interesting eighteen contest. out of twenty years or something wild. Because right, but this is interesting because his you know recently anyways these teams have all been horrible compared to the Patriots. Correct. This year we're seeing the a Bills team a little. I don't want to call them a Jackal Hyde because they're not quite a Jackal Hyde, but they can play very good at times. 
They yeah. can look very strong at times. I think the Jekyll Hyde comparison is honestly fair. Maybe, I'm a, maybe I'm, it works, yeah. I'm a big Bills supporter, I would say. I'm a, I'm a quasi-Bills fan. I'm not, not a Bills fan. Bills Mafia is sick. Bills Mafia is the best fan base in, in the NFL, second to the Detroit Lions, of course. But that, that, <laughs> one that's, pride, that's, eh? that's One pride, always. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Look, the Bills, this division is awful. I mean, the Dolphins, I, I, don't, I don't think the Dolphins want to win games. I think that's pretty clear. Why would you bench your quarterback, right, Ryan, Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick, when you're 3-3? Three and three? You know, you're 500. There's no reason to bench your quarterback. He wasn't even playing particularly bad. Obviously, they want to get Tua Tungavailoa in there for some snaps, but I just thought that was a move to kind of get his foot in the door, see what you got there, but not necessarily play to win these games. I like the Bills to win this division. I'm with you. Yeah, and I th- I think – actually, I forgot about this until just recently. I think I made a bet with you at the beginning of the Green and White – at the NFL season that Cam Newton would be on the bench by the end of September or something like that, I said. Did you say that? I, that sounds yeah. familiar. But I was wrong about that. But well, does COVID count? Does COVID count? Well, but he got benched too. He also (laughs) did get benched. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Does COVID count? Good point. The Patriots are an interesting team right now because, I mean, the way it stands right now, we'll talk about the Buccaneers when we head over to the NFC. But they're rolling. Uh, Great game against the Saints coming up this week. But um, Bill Belichick, it's looking like he is quite obviously losing the divorce with Tom Brady. Yeah, which is strange. Cause it, it is strange. I, 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 I had, had to say, betting against the football mind of, of Bill Belichick or the decaying body of Tom Brady yeah. seemed like a no-brainer to it me. It did, because you also have to remember Tom Brady is now going over to the NFC South where there is, you know, coming into the year, I thought the Falcons would be a lot better than they have been, but also the Saints. I mean, hello, right. the Saints have been to how many NFC Championship games? How You know, how many big runs have they made in the last 10 years? Since right. they've won that Super Bowl, so I mean that—that's Tom Brady's joining that division. So there were questions whether, and there still are questions. You know who who's going to win that division? I don't know. But so you look at the Patriots and what they're working with here. Obviously, at two and five, not great season, all but lost. But this division is typically not good at all, and that's where I think the Bills have kind of seized the advantage. Last year, they looked like they were maybe one or two players away, and you know they—they've kind of turned the corner. I think Josh Allen has kind of shown us what he is. I think he's an upper half quarterback, you know, like uh, in more ways than one, actually. He's got a fantastic arm. And, I mean, like, you know, he's probably in the 15th to 16th range if you're going to rank the quarterbacks out. He, he's good enough. Well, I got to say, I, I, I do think the Bills come up, uh, out on top of this division um, unless Tua just, you know, starts really cooking. But I, w- when they do win this division, or this conference, rather, or no, wait, no, the division. 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 Yeah, you, you got it. The division. I want it to be because... Josh Allen is playing great. Me too. I want it to be because the Bills are great. Yep. I don't want it to be because they backed in because the Patriots suck. You know, I well, I, I want them to be the rightful winners of this conf or this division. Well, you know what? And I mean, I, it's I, been so long. It's I, been so long. I do too. That's why. That's why I'm a Bills supporter. As a Lions fan, it's like I'm. I'm pulling for anybody. Cleveland. I love Cleveland. I love the Browns. Um, you know, but look, the Bills are the Bills are six and two. So Hank, you know, to your point, they're on pace to go twelve and four. Will they actually do that? I don't know, but I think they would have to be the rightful winners of that division if they if they do get to that number. But well, um, what? I, okay, sorry. Let me clarify. Oh, no, you're good. I, I want to mean that I I want them to be a force in the playoffs. I hope so because I mean, we've seen them play that way, and then we've yes. seen them play very bad. We had the 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 choke job, if you will, against the. Uh, the Texans last year in the playoffs. That was a very interesting game, but whatever. Uh, the, the Jets also, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention them. Oh, and eight. They're definitely getting the first pick. Is that fair? Trevor Lawrence? Is Trevor Lawrence staying or going? What do you think? If I'm him, I might stay. 
But at the same time, I don't buy that. It, you go, you go, you well, bet on yourself. Every year, there's going to be that team. Yeah, of course. You're, ne- you're never going to go. No, I think it's just the fact know. that the Jets are so dysfunctional, and I think that's why a lot of people want them to. Well, stick. there's going to be some changes made there. I think this right. this offseason. Oh, as there sh- there should be changes made already. But right. Anywho, that is the AFC East. We'll wrap that up. AFC West. Uh, this one, I mean, pretty short here. Uh, I, the Chiefs are going to run away with this. Now standing at seven and one, Raiders in second place in that division at four and three. Uh, you got the Chiefs winning this one. Yeah, yeah, Chiefs have to come on top uh, of the conference, but with that extra playoff seed, can the Raiders make some noise in the playoffs? They might be able to. First season in Vegas, got a little flair. Is it first or second year in Vegas? Well, it's the first year in the new stadium. That's what I'm thinking of. Sorry. Yeah. So, so Raiders, obviously, a lot of John Gruden guys out there. I am not one of them, but really, I not a John Gruden guy. I know that's a hot take. I don't, I don't like him. He annoys me. As a coach or as an analyst. Or both. As an analyst, he was absolutely unbelievable. As a coach, I feel like he's just got a crazy okay. ego, and I don't like the way he well, does things. I would much rather be a Chiefs fan with Andy Reid than a Raiders fan. Yeah, with okay. I, I can understand that argument a little bit better, but I will say off the field, John Gruden is electric. Oh, of Gruden's course. QB I mean, camp, he, yeah, yeah. Monday, night fo- Monday night football, right? must-see TV. The turkey hole, all that good stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just to talk about this division a little bit more, the Chargers have found something in Justin Herbert. I mean, that's a guy i got to walk back my – you know, my take before the season began, I didn't think he was going to be good at all. Yeah. I yeah. Coming out of Oregon, I did not like him that much, but I'll tell you what, he's he's special. He's going to be very good. He's already adapted to this league, it seems, and he slid right in. He's not really working with a whole lot. You know, there's injuries in that team, and it's a very tough division, and you've just got to be impressed so far with what you've seen there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have to walk back that argument because For sure. he, it was kind of weird. Like, he was, like, kind of highly rated, but everybody was saying he was overrated, so it was, like, this weird, like, you know – dynamic going on but he looks starting that game with 12 seconds notice or whatever he got which is an awesome story yeah which i hope puts him in the hall of, you know in the hall of fame right or that'd be that'd be fantastic if that's how his career started of course um i'm i'm rooting for the kid i say, I say kid he's probably two years older than me <laughs> <laughs> that's what's funny about this is we try yeah. to we try to speak like we're professional sports broadcasters right. over here we're still kids too right it's all yeah. good though he's probably I, maybe he's a year or two older than me i'm not even sure but yeah. i he looks great. I, I like the Chargers. I love their uniforms, so I'm rooting for them. I love San Diego, even though they moved to L.A. Um, yeah, I, I, I think not this year, but, you know, maybe next year, year after that, they could start making some noise over in that conference. Yeah, I, I agree with I, you. I, I got to stop saying that. Man. Hey, it's all right. Conference two, maybe. Who knows? The AFC. Hey, that's true. On the rise. The 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 I said San Diego. The Los Angeles Chargers. There we go. Uh, Broncos, real quick. My, my worst take. This season was that I thought the Broncos had a shot to win this division simply because I thought maybe the Chiefs would have a little hangover. I thought maybe the Chiefs would lose a, f- a couple more pieces wait a in free wait, agency. Wait, wait, wait. You thought that they had a chance to win the division? Yes, I did. Wow. Because I, re- I love that defense. Incredible. And I, I thought Drew Locke was going to take another step. He looked pretty good last year, but so far it looks like he's almost taken a step backwards instead right. of forwards. And it's just a weird situation there in Denver. But that was my, my worst take, hands down, this season. I thought they had a chance to win that division. I did. Wow. That is a very. Yeah. I mean, you're you're asking for a lot there because for one, you're asking for the Chiefs to be bad, asking for way too much, right? And for two, I, you're I th- asking for the Broncos to be good. Well, I which, still thought yeah. the Chiefs would be good. Obviously, right. I just had them at maybe twelve and four, and then say the Broncos beat them twice or something, they wow. go twelve and four, and I, then wow, the, this is I, this is the first I'm hearing this, and I'm like absolutely shocked. I know absolutely I'm not proud hindsight, of that. I know I know I have the the added value of hindsight on my side, but. That just seems very out there, you know. It, it is, and you know, it's not my proud. I don't even know why. I just 
expose myself like that. Yeah, but you whatever. Brought, you brought that we'll on yourself, on, man. We'll move on to the AFC North. Um, I the Steelers have the best front seven in football, man. I mean, if you if you if you think differently, you're wrong. You watch this team play. Uh, very physical up front. They've had they've been known for the last decade for being able to stop the run. Uh, but they've you know added pieces like Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary, and they look fantastic. So I think the Steelers are going to win this one, which is a little surprise, little surprising considering you know the Ravens and what they were able to do last year. Yeah, I like the Steelers here too. It's a very Mike Tomlin football team. You know, yes. I think this is them at their at their uh, in their element. I guess they're the last undefeated team. Too, yes. Right? By the way, Steelers only remaining undefeated right. team right. in the NFL at seven and zero. Ravens and Browns both with five wins, uh, bringing up. You know the two and three spots in this division, and I don't have the remaining schedules um, for these for these other two teams. But just thinking about it, it's it's almost like as a bid for the wild card. Who are you taking? Are you taking the the Ravens, who are kind of you would say maybe on the decline? Are you taking yeah. the Browns, who could possibly be trending upwards? The Ravens are such an interesting team because Lamar Jackson might be the greatest quarterback maybe ever when he has a lead. If he's got the lead, he's going to run the ball down your throat, and he's going to just... He's the Steph Curry of the NFL, you're saying? Is that what it is? Yes. Great analogy, is. Hank. That's fantastic. Yes, good stuff. He's a front runner. And that's not a, that's not a slight. That's not a bad thing. Because, you know, that's a True. that's a very nice thing to have. You know, if, if you're uh, John Harbaugh, and you, you've got a 14-point lead in the third quarter, you feel great. I'm just going to run the ball with Lamar Jackson the rest of the game, and I'm not sweating a bit. But... Playing from behind, I mean, he's obviously proven a lot more with his arm than people thought would happen, but it's still not a top five, top ten accurate arm in the NFL. So you just don't really want to – you don't want your life to depend on that, and I think that's where the Ravens struggle a little bit. Well, and here's my thing. I'm always so suspicious of the running quarterback because we see short-term success so many times. Yep, one season, just burst. And then it. people start to kind of figure him out a little bit. People it seems figure like. out, defensive or coordinators. Or injury happens, yeah. whatever one. Well, yeah, they're more injury-prone, too. That's... Right. So I think I, th- I don't think we're going to see in the NFL, I could be wrong about this, I don't think we're ever going to see a long-term rushing attack from the quarterback position. It, it's, a passers, it's a passing in the pocket league. It, I mean, you see guys like Russell Wilson, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, kind of shaking that up. Kyler Murray's another one. But they still are very. They have some of the best arm talent in the league. All yeah. four of those guys I just said, and they're 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 quick too. And right. They're speedy, you know. I, I mean, and then we've seen so many times for the past few years. I mean, RG three, who's also on the Ravens, true, had a fantastic. What was it second or third year? Maybe I might even been his rookie year. I can't remember. You know, Colin Kaepernick was great running the read option for a few years. Yeah. Um. It's just I don't know if it's sustainable. Cam Newton. Won an MVP. Yeah. Doing and, all that kind of and stuff. And he was more of a power runner, I guess, yeah. but still, same kind of deal. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I just, I love him for a year, man. They're the MVP for a year. Yeah. And I just don't know if I'm going to take him after that. Well, that's fair. That's very warranted, especially after what we saw last season. And even so far this season, obviously, the Ravens are 5-2. and two. They're not in any, you know, they're not in big trouble, but it does right. look at this point that they're not going to repeat as division champs. So, I think at this point, we have to, we have to, you got any thoughts on the Browns or the Bengals? Joe Burrow looks fantastic, uh, even though they're two five and one. I think you have absolutely found something there, as everyone believed would be the case. Right? Uh, he's working with little to nothing there in Cincinnati. AJ Green is not what he used to be. We all know that to be true. That defense mm-hmm. is not not very good. Not to mention the fact that it's selling away guys like Carlos Dunlap. Uh, but Joe Burrow's doing great as far as Cleveland goes. Look, I root for the Browns or the Lions, the AFC. 
Um, Baker Mayfield, by the way, it's the Browns bye week. He went on the COVID list. Same deal as Matthew Stafford. So uh, they said he didn't test positive, but he's been exposed. So if you're a Browns fan, you hope, or, you know, depending on if what kind of Browns fan you are, maybe you don't hope that Baker Mayfield can't go next Sunday. Um, and you know what? I, the, the Browns are a weird situation. None of their wins really impress me. You know, right. I mean, uh, the Cowboys win was huge, but the Cowboys stink. You know, at the time it looked oh, yeah. like a good yeah. win, and obviously Dak Prescott was still healthy. But now, you know, Odell on reserve. I don't really know what the Browns are capable of the rest of the way. What do you think? Well, the, I think I think Steelers take this this division, uh, but and the, the Ravens make the playoffs as well. So then you kind of look right. like. But the the interesting thing to me here is you say the Ravens take the playoffs probably or make the wild card or whatever yeah. how that extra spot works. I'm not really sure what they call it, but. It it is almost interesting to me to see if the Browns can kind of grapple and claw and struggle and make some kind of argument for themselves to get over the Ravens somehow. And the way these two teams are trending, I would say the Ravens are trending in a maybe they're not trending downward, but they don't they're not where we expect them to be. The Browns are kind of fighting their way back a little bit, struggling maybe to tr- to be relevant. Could could they overtake the Ravens? That's what I want to watch and see. I don't I don't think so, but. Yeah, I mean, you also got to look at like the injuries to Nick Chubb and just stuff like that, and Baker's inconsistencies right. and the head coaching. I know, I know, you know, the jury's still out, but this is Baker's what fourth head coach, third I, I, head coach. And see the things you just said, I think that's what makes it interesting because we it's a star-studded team, really, yeah. but they have so many obstacles to overcome. So that's I don't know, I don't know if they can do it, but if they do, I mean, it'd be fun to watch. I guess it'd be uh, it make that that one of the more competitive uh, divisions in the league. All right, very fair. We'll move to the AFC South. I don't really have much to say about this division. It's very top-heavy. You've got the Titans leading this division 5-2. and two. Colts also 5-2. and two. And the Texans and the Jaguars at the rear 1-6 and six apiece. Uh, yeah, not a great division here. Look, I don't buy the Colts whatsoever as a Lions good. fan. I just got trounced by the Colts last weekend. I hate them. I don't feel good about the Colts. Phillip Rivers' shot put passing. I don't think it's going to work. I think they're a quarterback away. That's a very good roster. But here's the thing. The Titans are going to win this division. Derrick Henry is still probably the best running back in the league, would you say? I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, he can do the most. He's, he's the most uh, – well, he can do the most, I think. I mean, didn't he throw a touchdown pass for the – or he took a direct snap for the win? Couple weeks ago against the okay. Texans, so, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say he could do the most. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I mean, I think he's the worst. He's the, he's the most. He'll run vin- you over. He's the most vintage workhorse cowbell, you yeah. know, running back that we that's left in the NFL. Really, I would it, agree. It's kind of a dying breed, and he's the one that kind of triumphs that that role. They are locked at at, at the top with the Colts right now, but I don't think anybody really think, views it that way. The Colts yeah. are kind of failing upwards almost. I don't. Yeah. I think you said they are a good team, but I don't. I don't see them making a. A strong push. I don't either. Late. And again, um, in these with this extra playoff team, maybe they'll sneak in there, but I, I really don't buy the Colts hype. I think it's fool's gold. Right, I don't think too. they're that good. And they beat both of our teams, but we're still going <laughs> to probably say <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, they've lost to Jacksonville at the same time. Like, you have yeah. to keep in mind this isn't really consistent, what you're getting out of this team. I will say Titans defending, what were they? They were in the AFC championship game, right, last year? Yep. So, I mean, they have... AJ Brown coming back from injury a couple games ago too. I think I think everything is just pointing in their direction. I think they take this this division pretty easily. Yeah, I think so too. So with that, we'll move over to the, we'll move over to the NFC and we'll start with the worst division maybe of all time, the NFC East. The Eagles lead this division at three. Yes, three wins, four losses, and a tie. Uh, 
Washington football team two and five, Cowboys two and six, Giants one and seven. This division's dismal. I mean, what, what what's going to happen here, Hank? What do you think? Who's this taking is, this it? This is hard to talk about. I, it, this is brutal. We I won't don't spend. Talk we about we it. don't have to spend yeah. that much time on this division. Here's what I'll say: the Eagles, obviously, I think have the best chance at this point. It's easy to say that, of course, because they are in first. But I also like Ron Rivera. I like what they're doing in Washington. I know that's not a great roster, but that would be an awesome success story for them. And look, the Cowboys. That's just such a team where, like, if they put it together, they could absolutely rattle off some wins. But I don't see it happening. Amari Cooper has completely disappeared. And I know we're going to get to him in your fantasy football segment, correct? Amari Cooper has completely vaporized, it seems like, in the last few weeks. And a lot of that I know has to do with who's playing at quarterback. But who uh, is playing at quarterback? Somebody else. Well, it's going to be Cooper Rush, I believe. Fire up chips from Central. So this is now their their second or third quarterback? This is their fourth quarterback. Their fourth quarterback, right. Dak Prescott, wow. obviously, with a devastating injury. Andy Dalton concussed. Yeah. And Danucci, Danucci, not great. They're going to try something else. This is incredible. Don't quote me on Cooper Rush. I'm going to look that up while you talk. But go for it. Who's winning the division, and what do you think? I, I oh, Who wins this division, man? I, the, Eagles, the Eagles don't win the division, but they get first place in the division, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, they, that does make sense. No one, I mean, won no, one, and, no one won the division, but they might end up first. Um, I want Carson Wentz to, to be – what he, you know, what, what year was that? Maybe 2016 or so when he was MVP caliber. Or was 20, it 2018. Was the, no, or, the 2017 season, 2018 Super okay, Bowl, whatever. Right, so that right was, there. he was going to win the MVP. Right. And then obviously Nick Foles led him to the promised land. But yeah, and that, I mean, that was a great team. They beat the Vikings at uh, one of those years, Kimmer, which year. The old, the old brain's all jumbled. But the Eagles, I think, have the best chance to not lose horribly in the playoffs. Okay. That that's fair. Still I will lose, say this: but not lose horribly. Shout out my brother Brock brought up a really funny point two weeks ago. You know, he said after the Lions' great win against the Falcons, he was saying, "Hey, I hope we get that we get that you know fifth seed. That way, we get to play whoever wins the NFC East." I mean, you, you that's that's what you're hoping for. I mean, yeah. you because you would imagine that First would be round exactly. It <laughs> seems like it. We'll see. A lot of season to play yet. By the way, Garrett Gilbert will start at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, not Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush will be the backup. Okay. We'll probably see him next week. There we go. We probably will. You're correct. Uh, moving on in the NFC, we'll go out west. Uh, the Seahawks lead the division 6-1. and one. Cardinals at 5-2. and two. Rams at 5-3. and three. 49ers at 4-5. and five. 49ers a little bit of a surprise, but at the same time, are you surprised? I mean, it was a team that was... Didn't really have many star players. Obviously, Bosa is, is fantastic, but he's out for the year. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, system quarterback, obviously with the famous overthrow uh, at the very end of the Super Bowl that, you know, could have maybe sealed the deal for the 49ers. That's just a disappointing team right there. As far as the rest of the division goes, this is a very good division. I mean, yeah, I, I, I could see three teams coming out here right, making the playoffs. I, this might be the strongest division in the league. I would agree right now as we stand because right. the Seahawks, you've got Russell Wilson. That's the MVP. Hands down, he's going to win that award. They're 6-1, and one and they shouldn't be. They absolutely shouldn't be. Their defense can't stop anybody. Right. Horrible but, defense. No, wow. but it's just what Russell Wilson's been able to do with, with DK Metcalf. By the way, the Calvin Johnson comparisons, stop it. Stop it. Infuriates me. Let the man like maybe lead the league in something once, and then we'll talk about that. Physically speaking, though, the dude is insane. Of course, but you know, physical ain't everything. How's that? You gotta, you okay. gotta produce. A, he's been great. He's been fantastic, and I and I like the you know I don't the the baby Bron 
nickname. I think that's kind of funny. That was weird. I didn't like that. That was weird. Well, I think it's funny. That because was, he was LeBron the, was just reaching out for that. I don't know what he was going for. I don't know. It, compar- it was a little weird because it no was. No one's a, comparing those two. A and football then football player and a basketball player. What was. Maybe, maybe I'm out of the loop here. No one said that. <laughs> I ever. think he's talking about physique. But it also is because he wears the, the mouth guard with the pacifier. I think that's hilarious, by the way. More okay. players should do that. AP did that. I will say that as did a Viking. Yeah, I don't okay. know if he still does. But. Yeah, that that was weird to me. I don't, I don't think anybody made that comparison, and then little he goofy. just kind of reached out there a little bit. I don't know. Anyways, this conference is great. A lot of fun to watch. I love when they play each other. Even the 49ers. 49ers, I, I agree. Jeremy Garoppolo is not the guy that's like the face of a franchise going to win you the Super Bowl, but the team could have won a Super Bowl anyways yeah, because they're so good. Right. They're, they're just a great team. And Kyle yeah. Shanahan's fantastic, great too, coach, offensively. But the amount of injuries they sustained this year, yeah, and especially in that one week, it was like week three, maybe I can't remember. Yep, just unbelievable. Yeah, devastating. I mean, George Kittle gone for the year now too. It's it's just yeah, just one thing on top of the other. Right? Is the season over? Eight weeks. It's kind of the he's same out. Thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bosa, I, uh, Mozart. Yeah, Garoppolo was down for a little while. They're, they're down bad. Yeah, they're down bad. So I mean, you look at this on on paper, it's definitely the best division in football. But you know, the Forty Nine ers slipping away. I I think the Rams have a shot to make it. I think the Cardinals look really good with Kyler Murray and, and, and D Hop. Yeah, they they look fantastic. And the Seahawks, man, are just a machine on offense. And I think just that, willing just willing their team to win because, they, yep. like you said, they don't really have a lot of business winning some of the games. They're going to win close. They're not going to blow anybody right. out. And Russ is putting up five touchdown games. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But. Right. Uh, you know, we'll move on from that. We'll go to the NFC South. We'll finish with the NFC North. That'll be a nice little segue into Detroit Lions talk. But the NFC South, um, yeah, the Buccaneers lead at six to two. Is that surprising to you, Hank? Well, yeah, to me it is. Yeah, because a lot of, to a lot of people it it, it isn't. It was surprising to me as well. I was agree it? with you. Okay. Yeah, looking at this roster before the season, I thought, man, this is a great team. Five years ago, exactly. It's, you know, it's all about you know on paper. Yeah, it's pretty sexy because you got right. Coach Bruce Arians as well, who's an offensive known guy. They just got the whole household names. Yep, threw them all, threw all the money they could at him. Now they're adding Antonio Brown. Right, that's the scary part for me. I mean, he was never his production never really tailed off. Right, I mean, no. his whole thing was right. his off the field stuff. But he, if he he's was anything, the best receiver in the NFL. I agree. And if he's anything like that, if he comes back, I mean, that's just another toy for Tom Brady. That's instantly going to be the best receiver Tom Brady's ever had. Talent wise, Randy Moss. Okay, okay, Uh, you're you're right. I forgot about Randy Moss because they never won together. But yeah, Randy Moss, obviously. But and then Antonio Brown. So uh, what I'm gonna say is, I I didn't I wasn't super confident going in, but now, probably about after week three, they're kind of starting to hit their stride. Brady's feeling more comfortable in the system. Gronk is kind of shaking out the rust a little bit. He's starting to look a little bit better, looking at his old self. Ronald Jones is running the ball great. Ronald Jones looks great. Yeah, they just everything about the Buccaneers. That defense is phenomenal too. I mean, the, Mike the, Evans is yeah. Well, the defense is. The, just I mean, I could argue, the I could argue the defense is the reason they're winning all could these be. games. So, it could be. Uh, so yeah, I think I. You know what though? I'm gonna pick the Saints to win this division. Really? I. Part of it's because I'm a Brady, not hater, but I don't. I'm not yeah. a Brady fan. I'm, I'm just, a Brady guy, so this is great. Well, we you're a Brady guy. I'm a big Brady guy. Okay, so see, I am not. So, I, but I'm also not a Brady hater. It's more just like I. Just don't love him. You know, okay. every, a lot of people love him. He's got a big following. I'm going to pick the Saints, dude. I just trust Sean Payton a lot, and I think this defense is going to figure it out. I think Michael Thomas is going to figure it out. Going and obviously, these guys play each other today. So, I mean, we'll get into that when we talk about the picks, but this is a fantastic matchup here. And, you know, if you got any more thoughts here, we'll move on to the NFC North. Yeah, I guess I'll just close. I'm going to take the uh, I'm gonna take the Bucks to win the, the division. All right. Um, I don't know. 
Man, it, it's hard to say that the way they look right now. Well, the right now trending. they're firing on all cylinders, but I could yeah. also argue they're peaking early. You never know. Hey, that's a good point. It looks that's like they might be point. peaking early, and the Saints, we haven't really seen them play their best football yeah, yet. Yeah, the Saints definitely have a, a lot of potential here. And they're um, still 5-2. and two. We haven't seen the Saints play their A-plus game yet, and they're 5-2. and two. Wow, you're convincing me right now. Yeah, because they do, they do, they do <laughs> look bad, and they yeah. have a pretty good record. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take the Bucs still. Tonight's a springboard, I think, for either team. Yeah. Whoever wins this game, I think, is going well, to wind up winning the first the matchup, right? They did, week one. But now, but, I mean, we're, like I said, we're seeing all, all of these different components kind of firing together. It seems like they're trending upwards. I'm really curious to see what Antonio Brown looks like. Mike Evans will be on the other side. Chris, is good, Chris Goodwin back yet? He was out. I don't know if he's back yet. I don't know. We'll have to look at that. Yeah, and Gronk obviously starting to play better. O.J. Howard is out, I think. I don't know. We don't need to go through the, the whole lineup because there's just so many to say. Yeah, but, for sure. I'm uh, I'm excited for this game, and I'm kind of excited for the rest of the season because I think they are going to be a good team. Chris Godwin is expected to play, so there you go. Wow. So How do they afford this? Unbelievable. I don't, I don't know. They're gonna be, that offense is going to be electric, and like we said, the defense has been carrying them, it seems. Not carrying, but has been the driving force so far, and if you add in this explosive offense, even more explosive than it already has been, that's going to be a great little toy for Tom Brady to work with. Uh, rounding it out, the NFC North uh, leading the team is the um, the the Cheeseheads. I will not say the actual name. I don't speak that name. Um, I'm not a fan of them. Obviously, as as my Detroit Lions legions shines bright every single Sunday. Uh, yeah, Green Bay leads the division six and two. Uh, the Bears are in second place at five and three. Lions in third at three and four. And Hank, your beloved Vikings, two and five, bringing up the rear. But Lions-Vikings playing each other today, a chance to make up some ground. I don't really have a ton of thoughts on the division as a whole. I guess I'll roll into them when we talk about the Lions, but the Packers look like the best team, maybe the best team in the NFC. I don't know. I mean, they, not, not that besides the Bucs and the Saints. I like They're definitely the best team in this division, hands down, which is a little surprising uh, only for – it's not surprising to anybody, actually. It's surprising to me because I'm a big Lions fan. I thought the Lions were going to win this division. Of course, because <laughs> I do every year. But, uh, I mean, looking past that, I, I think the Bears are a complete 180. I think they're the worst 5-3 and three team ever. They're not good. Their offense, it's like pulling teeth. They can't get anything going. If I'm a defensive player on that Bears team, I, I don't even know how you can look uh, Nick Foles and those guys in the eye in the locker room because they can't put up 21 points to win you a game. Defense basically has to have a pick six or a scoop and score every single Sunday or they're not going to win. And Matt Nagy has also gotten a lot less creative. The Bears, that's something to watch. I, I'm just not – I don't buy any of the Bears hype. As far as the Lions go, we'll talk about them in a sec. Hank, I'll leave you to talk about the Vikings. But what do you think about this division? Uh, So the Vikings, I think I saw on Instagram today, are like mathematically possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with seven teams, it's, yeah. it's doable for everyone at this point. I don't point. think it matters, though, really. Um. I think at this point it's just all about who can you drag down with you. Yeah. And last week beating the Packers was kind of nice. That, know, that's kinda part that of was it. impressive. I will not right. lie. That was good. Delvin Cook was a man on a mission. Yeah, and I think I think Delvin Cook healthy is – oh, my gosh, am I going to say this right now? I think he's the best running back in the NFL. You know what? That's fair. I've heard people say that, and he, he's – But the problem is he's not always healthy. That's well, he's not, and that is we do put stock in that. You know, yeah. That's another reason why – you know, Adrian Peterson over the years was as good as he was because he stayed healthy and he was a bowling ball. And, and we see the Vikings, this franchise, use running backs in that way. You know, bare minimum 25 carries a game. And Delvin Cook, I just don't know if he's built for that. Yeah, I mean, he I might mean, be built for it, but I don't know if he can handle it. I don't know if his body can handle that. I mean, that's, that is a lot. Running backs take the most wear and tear hands down in any position on the field. Yep. Um, I mean, you see a guy like Derrick Henry rushing 35 times sometimes, you know, which is crazy. Yes. 
But in the NFL, it's just not really like that anymore. You know, I mean, we, we a lot of times you'll see 10, 11 carries a game and then some receptions. That's kind of the new the new trend. Um, but the Vikings aren't like that, and they haven't been like that since they had Adrian Peterson. Um, they're going to use their running back, especially with one as great as Delvin Cook, 25 touches a game. Well, and that to me is where you kind of have to look at your quarterback and you have to say, you know, we got to get a little more production because we won't have to, you know, just run the ball down their throats every time because he is a little injury prone and you have those concerns there. So um, speaking about Dalvin Cook, though, we'll, we'll use this as a segue into some Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings game preview here. This is a fun game. This is an intriguing game for a couple yeah, reasons. And it's a little surprising, you know, to say that because these teams are a combined five and nine, but I mean, Everson Griffin obviously played for the played for the Minnesota Vikings for how many years, Hank? Like six? Wow, I wish I oh, I think it was more than that. Really? I could be wrong. I could no, be I mean, wrong. Probably I think was. It was. I don't. I I can't remember. He's a veteran, exactly, but it it seems longer than that. It he's was, a veteran. He turns thirty three, I think, this December. He seems like a franchise guy. Let's yeah. put it that way. I mean, he okay. He's a Vikings player forever. And obviously, there's been a little there's been a little flare going back and forth between him and uh, Mike Zimmer, Coach Mike Zimmer of the right. Minnesota Vikings, this week. Uh, Zimmer reportedly referring to him as a good player. And Everson Griffin took a little, took that as a backhanded compliment, if you will. Well, and let's just put this in context here, because I think about AP, he said he did he did a lot of good stuff for the Vikings. Yeah. And that's what you say about arguably one of the greatest running backs of all time. Right. So does Everson Griffin have a right to be hacked off? I, When you put it in context of who of who's saying it, I don't yeah. think so. Well, I don't know. I, I, Maybe. I, I can see why he is but hacked AP off. Should be but AP should be even more hacked off. I'm, I... I get that too, but that also could be a personality thing. Who knows, like if that if that rubs you the wrong way or if it doesn't, whatnot. Yeah. But also, you bring up Adrian Peterson. Obviously, he's been out of Minnesota for some time now, but this is a game against his old team. You know, one of the big reasons he joined the Lions this offseason was because he wanted to play in the NFC North. I mean, that was the big thing. He had offers from the Chiefs. You know, if he wanted to really compete and you know have a better chance to win a Super Bowl, he could have done that. But he wanted to stay in the North, and I think that's something to keep an eye on today as the Lions take on the Vikings. Um, I, I, to me, Hank, I, it's really let me, simple. Let me interrupt you really quick. Go for it. One, on, one more thing on the AP topic. When he plays a team he doesn't like, he plays great. I mean, if you He's go an back, angry and, runner. He, he is exactly what he is. If you go back and watch any Packer Vikings game, I, I can almost guarantee AP has 160 yards plus almost every time. Um, fair. Except for the Joe Webb game in the playoffs. Well, and you know what? You would know because I absolutely, you know, obviously you're a, you've been a Vikings fan your whole life. So I will take your word for it there. Right. You would have the, the inside scoop on that more, more than I would, but Hank, I'll, I'll, I'll toss it to you after this. My prediction here is just that I think it's pretty simple. If the lions stop the run today, they will win. I just think that's kind of how it's going to go. The Vikings' whole offense hinges on Dalvin Cook, and that's kind of crazy to say when you've got guys like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, who's been fantastic, and you know that you got those kind of dynamic weapons and those pieces. But I just don't. There's nothing about the Vikings' defense that scares me if I'm the Lions. But here's the problem: the Lions' it defense should excite you. It should probably excite well, you. Well, the thing is, too, <laughs> maybe, but the Lions also have had a horrible run defense this year. So you and that, but that's what this team is built to do. That's what Matt Patricia came in and tried to instill, coming from New England. You know, getting these big guys: Danny Shelton, Jamie. Collins, getting all these guys in there, Trey Flowers, who, who won't be playing today, but that's the key. I just think it's that simple. If there's nothing about the Vikings that scares me other than Delvin Cook, if I'm the Lions, you have to stop him, you will win this game. I don't think the Vikings are a particularly good team, and at this point, I'm not sure if you can say the Lions are a particularly good particularly good team either it's just a matter of who's going to be able to stop the run and who's not 
So I like the Lions' chances in this one. If, if, if you want to add anything, Hank, we can go for it. If not, we've got about 14 minutes left. Maybe we could take a quick break, but I'll let you get your thoughts in quick. Well, I'll just say this quickly, that I, uh, I think the Vikings got away with, with a depleted secondary because of the elements last week, and I don't think they get away with that again. Um, if, they, if, the Lions, if the Lions are able to stop the run, that's all. Yeah, I think you. I think you're right. Jefferson Zipperson will have to have 250 yards receiving in order to win. Right. And I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, I, I, um, but I'm not betting on the Lions either. I'm never going to bet on the Lions well, because I, I don't blame you. I, I'll bet on them for the three and a half quarters. <laughs> Come I on, will, Hank. I will put the house on for three. Come and a half on, quarters. Hank. I'm sorry to rub that in on you like Have that. Have a little backbone, Hank. Don't rub it in on me <laughs> like that. Come on. That's ridiculous. Listen, I think the Lions will win this game. We'll do the picks on the other. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Well, we'll we won't to... take a break. We won't take you a break. No break? We, don't. We, we took three today. We're, we, we met the requirements. We're good to go. We met the requirements. Look at us. All we're, gas. We're right. No breaks. All gas. No breaks. We miss it, Collins. Pun intended. Right. We do miss Collins. Uh, so I guess with that, we will roll into the picks. We got the music? Well, I want to say one more thing. Oh, let's do your fantasy we, football We have thing. a wager first. We do. Wait, the Vikings and Lions are playing each other. Henry and I, Hank, Hank and I, are making a friendly bet. Hank, what are the stakes? We we, we thought about this for a while. We deliberated. What, what's good radio? I think I think what we're gonna do here is the, I don't know when the next matchup is, but we'll do we'll do the classic. Whoever's team loses, they have to work, they have to support or sport rather the other team's apparel during the next meeting. Yes. During the next green and white, during the next game, whatever it is. That is going to be very tough for me. So I hope the Lions can pull this out <laughs> because that is going to be impossible for me to even roll out of bed and look at myself in the yeah, mirror if I'm wearing tough, Vikings purple. It is a tough thing to do, especially if you're, if you're getting together watching the game with a, with a crowd of people. It yes. Is, it'll be a... It's a bad look. And if there's any yeah. pictures on social media or anything, that's just not a good look either because that's going to follow me for the rest of my career. Maybe we'll, we'll upload it to the, the website and we'll just rub it in a little bit, you know, make a little... Maybe. I hope <laughs> Maybe. not. I Depending hope that doesn't wins, happen. Right? Depending yeah. on who wins, we'll see. But but let's uh Hank Hank, let's talk a fantasy football real quick. Uh, <laughs> Hank's fantasy football team. Help That's Hank. the intro you wanted, huh? I don't know. I just I was looking at the drops we had and this one worked, so Okay. That's pretty good. I wonder who I wonder what the context of that was when they decided to add that drop to the board. But whatever. I uh, wasn't aware that it was going to blast like that, by the way. That John Cena was just going to scream. But Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty loud in yeah. my ears. Anyways. I don't know how it sounded to the people at home or in their cars, whatever the case is. But, but Hank, <laughs> what, what's feedback. the deal this week for fantasy football? How's right, your here team it is. doing? We're, we're, uh, we're looking at Amari Cooper. Okay. Who I don't think he's I, – I understand he's been almost non-existent uh, as far as the games go. But fantasy football-wise, he's been pretty solid. You know, hovering around 18, 20 points a game. All right. But this week, with quarterback from – I don't even remember, you know, like way out in Garrett Gilbert, Catman do. Yeah. That's where he's from, I think. <laughs> yeah. So that's who's throwing the ball this week. I have him on my bench right now. Starting right. above him is Will Fuller in the flex. Also starting is Justin Jefferson against the Lions and A.J. Brown against Chicago. So what are you thinking about that? Uh, I just don't think I can put any stock in anything Cowboys related right now. I'm not sure what that's they're going to be able to get going through the air. If I were you, I, I I don't think I'd I don't think I'd play Amari. I really wouldn't. I'm not I'm not sure. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, you you probably got him up because of the fantasy. How many catches did he have last week? Yeah, well, one a good point. Last week he had one catch. One catch. So, and I, I think mean, he only had one target as well. Right. So the the, you know, the flip side argument about this is if you are making your first NFL start, who are you going to throw the ball to? Right. Right. I mean, if you're if you're not savvy to NFL breakings on for corners and routes and whatever else, you're going to throw the you're going to throw it to your secure guys. So. The, the argument here is, do you, do you throw it to the, the safe option, or is he not going to throw it to him at all, and you, therefore you put him on your bench? 
You know, I think Hank, I just I wouldn't I'd not trust in the Cowboys. I'm sorry. I'm not trusting the Cowboys. I'm not trusting the NFC East. So for, for that, I would advise you. I would advise you. You don't have to take my advice, but I would advise you <laughs> to sit Amari Cooper this week. There it is. Amari Cooper on the bench. It's a lock. Yeah. It's a lock right there. Sit him down. Help Hank's fantasy football team. That's what it was. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good stuff. All right. Final 10 minutes of the Green and White Report here. Thanks for sticking with us so far. We've got the NFL picks. Let's do it. Nice music. Is it not playing? It's playing, but it's very quiet. But that's all right. We'll we'll just start. Hank, do you want to do the normal thing here? Do you want to just you want to roll through the picks yourself? Yeah, let's do that. Give us the lines and everything, sure. and we'll we'll just roll through it. Rapid fire. Let's go. All right, here we go. Ten minutes out. We got it. first game. Ravens favored minus one and a half. Traveling to play the Colts. Who you got? Love the Ravens here again. I've said it on the show. The Colts are fool's gold. I know they dismantled my Lions last week, but I don't like them. I think this this Ravens defense gets to Phil Rivers, make him uncomfortable, knock him around a bit. Ravens cover this easily. I think they're gonna win by at least I'll say ten points. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Ravens here too, but especially Ravens coming off that loss to the Steelers. I think they're I think they're angry. My my point here that that I'm taking the Ravens is because it's such a small uh, such a small line. I, I I don't think the Colts are point getters. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Ravens, maybe not to win big, but to win enough. Because I don't think the Colts make it close. Nice. Next game, Panthers shuttle play the Chiefs. Chiefs favored, minus 10. Panthers have been a little disappointing this season. Uh, I actually thought they were going to make some noise a little bit. But, um, I don't know. It's hard to bet against the Chiefs in this day and age, dude. I mean, did th- didn't they cover last week against the Jets with a monumental line? I mean, it was something crazy. Yeah, it was like a 20-point spread or and something. And they, they covered it. I can't, I can't remember if they and covered I, it or not. I think they did. I think they did. And I know that's the worst team in football you're playing, but I'm, I'm going to bet the Chiefs. I don't know how you can't. Got no free ads. ads. Yeah, no ads. We don't advertise <laughs> no, no free ads. Come on. <laughs> All right, next game. Oh, no, I got to make my pick. Yeah, you got to pick. Panthers for the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm not taking I'm not taking the Panthers here. Chiefs are rolling. Yeah, it seems like a pretty easy, easy. Pretty next easy game. Bears travel to play the Titans. Titans favored minus six and a half. This is another one even more so than the Ravens over the Colts. I love the Titans over the Bears. I'm going to keep saying it. The Bears are the worst five-win team halfway through a season ever, ever. The Bears stink. I don't know who they're going to play at quarterback. I, well, well, Trubisky's still hurt, so it'll be Foles. But, look, the, the Bears are also banged up on the offensive line. I think all their offense at this point comes from David Montgomery. If they can't get that push up front, I don't really like their chances against the Titans team. That's just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It's going to be Derrick Henry's day. Ryan Tannehill will make the throws when necessary, and I just like the Titans to cover the 6.5. Yeah, Bears stink. Give me the Titans. I don't have much else to say about that. I mean, yeah, I, I don't like, I'm not betting on Nick Foles unless he's coming off the bench. That's, my, that's, that's my fair. Team. Or in the Super Bowl. Or in this, or against the Vikings <laughs> in the yeah. NFC Championship. Okay, okay, there you go. Salt in the open wound. Yeah, exactly. Next game, your Broncos apparently traveling to play the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, Falcons my Broncos. Favorite. Yeah, you're, you know your Broncos now. The Falcons have been such a mystery team, honestly, since they lost that Super Bowl. They've just, they're, they're talented as hell, and they never put it together for a full four quarters. Sound familiar? Does it sound familiar to any Lions fans out there? Familiar, <laughs> Whatever, yeah. never mind. But I'm going to take the Falcons to cover this one. I just, I, the Broncos aren't good. Again, that was the worst take of maybe my entire radio career here at Impact 89 FM, thinking the Broncos had a shot to win that division in the Chiefs. But they're not a good team. Give me the Falcons. Give me Julio. I will say the line here is at uh, minus four, and the Falcons have made some changes, probably for the better, uh, firing. Dan Quinn and kind of moving forward from that from that era. Uh, that being said, I'm going to take the Broncos to cover here. Are you? Because the Broncos field goal. 
Yeah, I guess. Or I guess. you think the Broncos win, or you think they just cover the floor? The, the Broncos cover. Falcons okay. win. Let okay. me clarify. Right. Falcons win. Broncos cover. Fair. Um, I'm gonna take that because I think the Broncos are, are line getters. I think they can they can close gaps like that. I don't think they're gonna win, but I think they will lose uh, in, a, in a close game. Next game, we got the Texans favored minus seven, traveling to play the Jaguars. What you got? This line confuses me. This is two one and six teams going at it, and somehow the Texans are a full touchdown favorite. Obviously, Deshaun Watson does some great things with his legs and his arm, but he's got nobody to work with right now. And and you know what? The Jaguars really, I, they're not good, but Gardner Minshew's capable. I think the Jags cover. I'm not sure who's going to win. This is two awful teams. This game's going to, might be a snoozer, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll pick the Jaguars to cover it. Yeah, wow. This game stinks. Yeah. This game stinks. Combined 2 and 12, these teams are. Um, I, I'm so confused by the Texans. They're so confusing to me. Yeah. Why are they not good? For that reason, I'm going to take Deshaun Wilson today. I understand that uh, that's probably not a good argument, but they should be good, therefore they should win. That's that's my reasoning today. Next game, we get the Giants traveling to play the Washington football team. Football team favored, minus 2.5. All right, keeping it rolling here, machine gun stuff here. I, I, like, the, I like Washington here. I like Ron Rivera. Uh, that's about all I can give you. The Giants are not very good. Obviously, blew it against the Buccaneers. They had them. They had them and they lost that game. So you know what? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron. Give me Washington. Yeah, I agree. Let's keep it. We'll uh, we'll keep it brief on this one because this is not a lot to say. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Giants to cover actually here. Okay. Um, I'm not even marking down my picks, so I don't know if it matters. But yeah, you know, I'm taking the Giants to right. cover. It's all right. Next game, we got the Seahawks favorite minus three traveling to play the Bills. Love the Bills. Bills Mafia. Seahawks again. I said they're six and one. They shouldn't be. I uh, they got Russell Wilson. That's the whole story. I think this Bills defense gets after him a little bit, knock him around. Josh Allen leads you to a win. Might be a tight win. Uh, get the kicker's leg going. I don't know, but uh, I like the Bills. Yeah, Seahawks. Uh, I think Seahawks win this game, but they win it close. I think okay. Bills cover. So All right. Um, next game, we got the Raiders favored. Uh, minus one point, traveling to play the Chargers. It's a pick em. Who you got? Love the Chargers. I don't know why. I, lo- I love Justin Herbert so far, dude. He just... He impresses me, and again, the Chargers haven't really won. He has one win, correct, Herbert? Uh, or are both wins sure. under him. Either way, he does. he's due for another win, the way he's been playing. So I'm going to pick the Chargers here. And Raiders look a little confusing on, on the defensive end of the ball. So I'll take the I'll take the Chargers. Yeah, they're confusing. I like uh, I like the Raiders, but they're traveling. I think the I'm Raiders. <laughs> okay, I don't know what that was. That was I don't know what that was either. Never mind, disregard uh, that. Okay, but uh, yeah, I think I think since it's a pick 'em, I'm gonna take any advantage I can get either way. So give me Chargers at home. All right. Um, next game, Dolphins travel to play the Cardinals. Cardinals favored five and a half. Cardinals, easy. Uh, this line again confuses me. Tua Tagovailoa for the Dolphins had a pretty solid week last week, but only threw for I think like 90 yards or something really, really low. I mean, the the run game was working. A couple of defensive touchdowns, I believe, at least one that I know of. So um, that's how they won that game. Cardinals are a really good team. I think they win by at least a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I think this is an easy one. I think Dolphins Dolphins might make it interesting. I think Tua plays good at times. Does some you know some other rookie uh, mistakes. Well, give me the Cardinals. I like Kyler Murray. He's on my fantasy football team, so I got to root for him. Next game, we got the Steelers minus four and a half. Excuse me, fourteen and a half. Try to play the Cowboys. I think this is an easy one. Big line. Uh, it's a lot of points, but yeah, you can't pick against the Steelers. Last undefeated team in the NFL playing against the Cowboys. Maybe the most injured and the worst team in the NFL. Actually, you could make that argument. So I'm gonna pick the Steelers. And for such a you know just a solid team all the way around, very disciplined Mike Tomlin esque team. I just don't see them slipping against the Cowboys. I think they annihilate them. Uh, trust their with their heel into the ground like that, whatever it is. 
Yeah. Uh, big game right here, game of the week. Saints travel to play the Buccaneers. Buccaneers favorite minus four. I like the Saints. We talked earlier. I like the Saints to win the division. I like the Saints to win today. Give me the Saints. I think Saints snuck an easy one in the early, at the beginning of the season against a confused Bucks team. I don't think that happens today. I think the Bucks roll. I think they, they roll them on the defensive side. I think they roll them on the offensive side. I think it's an all-around just Buccaneers. I don't know. What, what's a good word for a win? I don't know. I want I want to be like a la, like very illustrious there. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> Buccaneers win. It. Buccaneers win. <laughs> All right. Next game. Patriots favored minus ten. Shot to play the Jets. Ah, uh, see again. This is tough. Patriots only a two win team, but the Jets are the worst team in football. I'll take the Patriots. I like Cam today. Bounce back game. Get it going. Maybe could be a springboard game. You know, if the Patriots are going to get back on track, this could be the one. I you hear me say the line was minus ten though. Yeah, it's big. It's big, but I like I like Belichick's chances here against the worst team in football. So I'll take the Patriots. Yeah, I, th- I think the Patriots win. I don't think they cover though. I I think the Jets are gonna are gonna make it closer than ten. Okay. I would hope. Maybe right. not. Well, I could be wrong. We'll see. Next game here it is. Lions Vikings one o'clock. Vikings favored for whatever reason minus four. Who you got? One pride. Lions go off. Everson Griffin plays fantastic. Matthew Stafford lights a fire. All over this Vikings secondary. TJ Hawkinson with a touchdown. Marvin Jones with a touchdown. Carryon Johnson might get back in the mix. Please, Daryl Bubble, if you're listening to this, is any chance you're listening to this one minute before kickoff, start DeAndre Swift and give AP less carries. But with that being said, AP and Everson Griffin revenge game. I love the Lions today. One pride getting back to four and four, and the season is brand new all over again. <sighs> this is tough for me. I... I... I, I can't against the Vikes. I, I think the Lions might cover. I think it might be a field goal. It might be close. It might be close. I'm taking the Vikes. There <laughs> it is. Right, that's the right. picks. Well, that's it for the Green and White Report. Everybody, enjoy your football. Enjoy your Sunday. Uh, God bless everybody. Take care from Trent Bailey, Henry Menegos. This is the Green and White Report. Tune in next week. We love you.